0: Welcome, Guardians. It's February 28th, 2016, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 16, and this week we are headed back to hopefully finish uh, the last major episode for the Books of Sorrow. Uh, But we will be coming back with a fifth part uh, where we're going to talk about some of the, the ancillary materials associated with the Books of Sorrow, like the Court of Oryx and... Uh, the Hive Pantheon, notorious characters, artifacts, raid weapons, things like that. So we'd like to get back into it and talk about some of the the extras. Uh, we we started the uh, books. Oh man, back in episode four, I guess, and uh, <laughs> and and we hit it again in episode ten and then thirteen. And so uh, if you haven't listened to any of those yet. Make sure and go back and listen to those first. They do run in order for the entire uh, uh, entirety of the the Books of Sorrow. So check, check them out in order if you want to get the full experience. <laughs> uh, this week, we've got here with us Drop Slash. Hello. And what's going on with you?
1: Uh Not too much. I got my second character to 320, so now my warlock is, is rocking 320 right oh, now. Oh, my word. So... I hit, thanks it's thanks to the uh, the Crimson Days ghosts, because I run a different build. I don't on my hunter I run five five zero for intellect, strength, and discipline. Mm-hmm. Or intellect discipline strength. And I run a strength build on my Sunsinger, so I had to get a strength ghost to three twenty to get him to three twenty. So ah, I got it. Got it. So and, and then if I transfer my ghosts over, I can take my Titan to three twenty. So nice. I'm looking good.
0: We also have with us today Beta Chieftain.
2: Hey, how's it going?
0: Pretty good. What have you been doing?
2: Uh, A lot of Iron Banner. And it's, it's been a mixed week. Like, I have never been more salty, I think, ever. <laughs> and and it's nothing to do with Iron <laughs> why Banner. Why is that? And it's nothing to do with, like, Iron Banner as, like, you know, connections or anything. Like, it's nothing like that. It's just, I've never asked myself more often why I'm still playing the game.
3: <laughs> and, I, and I just mean, Ooh. like, because
2: I don't... I mean, you've told listeners before, I totally quit during House of Wolves, and I learned that I could come back for Taken King, and in 10 minutes I was, you know, already the Max Light, and I just kept going. And so I don't really have a desire to get to Max Light, and I already have a full armor, Iron Banner armor set on my Titan. And I don't know. So the whole time I was just kind of like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I think the real well, so reason is a, just because I'm waiting for Division and Quantum Break and some other games to come out, but...
0: So here's a question though maybe maybe you can answer. So, when you were running Vault of Glass, let's say year one, uh-huh. was there the
2: desire then to get to what was the max then thirty? Right? Well, f- fun fact is i I bought Destiny Dark Below. I actually never played Vanilla like Vanilla. Ah, uh, interesting. So so, I'm so you never guy, had
4: that but... good grind right. still <laughs> in your gut right <laughs> yeah it must be
0: that. well where I've, i was I've going with that was I've, yeah. I've, I've had this conversation before and i heard it on a couple other podcasts that you know early year one running vault of glass everyone wanted to be 30 everyone was was striving for the max right and now there just doesn't seem to be that that desire i guess because you know when you when you were running uh, hard vault of glass as like a like a twenty eight and a half or twenty nine, it was really hard. Even as a thirty, it was hard. Whereas right. now you can, run, off was you can run, the worse. hard. Yeah, yeah. Taking king uh, as a you know three ten on hard is manageable. You know what I mean? So right. maybe that's. Yeah, well, I, think I do want to
2: say so, might try, that, might be like there. I said, it's been mixed where. I did play with some listeners this week, so shout outs to Fire Century in Australia, uh Redneck MA, M- Ms. Dispud Pro. Sorry, man. I don't <laughs> whatever your thing is. And then uh Dustin Griffith. And so like I had a lot of fun, you know, playing with people, and so I I clearly enjoyed that, but it was just kind of, you know, like, I don't understand why I'm still playing Iron Banner. <laughs> I just, <laughs> the game itself, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing this.
1: Well, and. Well, there was a great. I was, gonna, there was a great post on Reddit earlier this week talking about how somebody who hit 320 thought that they would get them, they'd be less interested in the game once they, like, sort of grabbed that carrot. Uh, But they realized all it does is take a bunch of sort of like imaginary pressure off you. And I felt the same way when I hit 320. Like I've had much more fun enjoying and playing the game at 320 knowing I don't have to chase anything. Like I can just play for enjoyment. It's been really awesome.
2: Mm -hmm. I I do want to say here all last thing i've been introduced you, yet you so liked my ahead. tweets dragon so i t- tonight i had already reached rank five and i'm like i'm just going to impose a rule on myself that i will never sprint and i will never jump and like it was incredibly fun and really relaxing because <laughs> you're just rank five my teammates hated it but i didn't care if we won or lost and i just you know walked around the map shot some people here and there like it was actually really enjoyable at that point <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah I, and, well and our, our, kind of our fourth fire team member go ahead oh. i'll let you introduce <laughs> me before i talk anymore. can we yeah. cut him off one more time <laughs> handsome dragon's here too
4: there he is okay hey guys, go ahead I'm in, I'm in a talking mood i guess but, uh, but no i, I I would just play the game trying your your rule beta and it's very infuriating too because someone starts shooting you from behind and you just like that urge to run behind cover is (laughs) like at least for me (laughs) but I guess I didn't get the relaxing part out of it
0: well I'm x-ray also and I've been playing iron banner and the reason I've been playing is get some gear and have some fun and I got an awesome sniper this week so i'm pretty happy about that i got the uh the way lauren's march um with some pretty some pretty good stats i ended up with the ambush underdog hidden hand uh hand laid stock so pretty much max stability and and really high rate of fire and fast reload and lower impact but you know what i'm really happy because i missed praetis revenge so much and it reminds me of that so much So yeah, that's I it. Think- I think you took an like an insane, crazy
4: aim assist sniper and then you added hidden hidden hand and ambush, which both add aim
0: assist to that.
4: So you should, yeah, <laughs> should be yeah. doing good there. <laughs> I,
0: I haven't used it too much yet, but the little bit I have, man oh it just feels so good. So I'm I'm happy about it. Um well that does it for introductions, which took a little longer than than normal, but um <laughs> Let's uh let's move along here with uh just I guess we've got a, a couple quick announcements here. Um you can we'll hit our, our you know we're on Twitter at uh DGhost Stories. You can email us at destinyghost stories at gmail.com. Uh email us if you want to leave us some feedback or make some comments, or if you want to join our fan chat. Uh we've got a Slack group that is all listeners, and we're having a great time over there. Uh, we've got some amazing things happening over there right now. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter and haven't seen it, we will put a link to this video from one of our our listeners, uh, Sergeant Kex Kecks or Kexon. Man, he is doing some crazy stuff with this uh, this charting application that he uses for for work. He essentially got this feed from our good friend over at the Ishtar Collective, Baxter, uh, with with all of the. Uh, items and grimoire and all the details and pretty much everything that goes into creating the uh, IshtarCollective.net website and put all that information into this chart and, and basically it's this gigantic organizational chart of lore for the entire world of Destiny and he's taken his time to to uh, try to make it look a little little prettier and stretch things out and put stuff into groups. I mean. It didn't do it automatically. He's done a lot of work with it, but it did import the data automatically and and make some of those connections that you'll find uh, on the Ishtar Collective. Uh, But man, it is going to be so cool when it's all done. I mean, it's already so cool. Just his little beta demo thing that he has on YouTube. Um, And granted... Take the time to watch it. He did film it with his with his phone because he's not allowed to have uh, screen capture software on that specific PC, but he is working on making something a little cleaner to share with everyone. But man, when that thing is done, it is going to be amazing, and it's going to be gigantic by the time your 10 rolls around. So I just had to give him a shout out for that. It's it's so cool. Um, what else? We've had uh, a lot of our good friends uh, that are listeners make us some artwork that you can find on on Twitter. Uh, we've got uh, Sherbert Pop, uh, Jarrah B underscore illust- illust- illustrator is what I'm assuming it goes for. Um, you, can, you can find some of their work uh, on Twitter, and we will be trying to, to show that off a little more as we can. So anyway, uh, I think that's all I have. Anyone else have anything else they want to mention or talk about before we get rolling with this uh, part four?
4: I just want to say thanks to all those guys, you know, the, the art that they've been doing. Like, I'm, I love, you know, every time I get on Twitter, it seems like there's a new picture that someone drew, you know, based on, you know, something in our episodes or something that we talked about. And it's just like, I'm just like, whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> That's pretty exciting.
0: yeah i mean because like like who are we right exactly like why are you (laughs) you know why would someone why would someone want to draw a picture about stuff we talk about but it happens and oh my gosh it's it's amazing it is so so cool and and all of our listeners are great love it uh you got to get in the you got to get into our fan chat to understand what we're talking about and experience just the the fun that we have it's 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 so great
1: yeah the the fan chat really is It's amazing. It's like a great combination of just like wacky, silly stuff all the time. And then just like crazy theories, like people notice little things and then it blows up into this huge conversation about just like, like, like designations of things or what should be capitalized or what shouldn't like, how does this particular piece? Oh, like, oh, I found this over here. How does that work into the story? And then somebody comes up with a new theory on how that fits. It's just some of the conversations we've been having over there. Just amazing. So So I've been, I've been working on like keeping track of it all and, and working those things into my notes and making sure people get credit for all that stuff because there, there's a lot of great work going on over there.
0: Yeah. Part of what uh, Kexon's doing with the, uh, the Lord chart is he's, he's adding, you know, specific icons to players or to, uh, houses. Like if we know what their, their, their banner looks like or, or things like that for the different fallen houses or the, uh, the factions and things like that. And there was one that he couldn't find or didn't know about. And, uh, I think it was Titan master found it and said, Hey, I found this thing. And it was funny because he had, he had zoomed in with his, his whatever rifle he had. And it was like perfectly aligned in the, uh, the reticle of his gun. And, someone goes oh i thought that was just some fancy reticle i was gonna ask where you got that gun from (laughs) he's like no i was showing off that emblem not the not the reticle but uh yeah so that's it's it's so neat to see everyone literally going out and hunting for lore to help other people with theories or with projects they're working on or things like that it's it's amazing how much these people have all come together and and we've got our own little little family now so it's it's so cool all right. Books of sorrow, part four. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, oh, I got this big fat message in my way. I can't read. Um, so let me, let me think here. So last time I, uh, I jumped off a little bit, but I had so I, early cause I had to go, uh, take care of a kid, but I was, uh, I had to go back and listen to the, to the full episode. And I think, we were somewhere let me see here oh we got some notes on this good uh so (laughs) oh these are great (laughs) by the way so we had (laughs) ear yelling at oryx to get his house in order after savathun tricked crota into slicing into the vex space causing them to spill into the hive dimensions and oryx's throne world uh so we uh did we introduce uh blade transform Mm Quirum? we did okay and uh, and the vex greater mind that managed the uh, managed to deduce the sword logic, so uh, so that's kind of where we where we were. Um, so let's uh, let's get going. So what are we on? We're on verse uh, four
1: ten. Verse four ten. An emperor for all outcomes. Another card I dislike because it feels like it was written very hastily, and this <laughs> first paragraph is indicative of that. I uh, have the entire thing highlighted. I'm just going to read this first paragraph because. This seems like somebody wrote this, like, as they were walking out the door and put it on a post-it note for somebody to stick into the books (laughs) of stars. Oryx rushed home and read from the Tablet of Ruin. He put some of the Vex into wounds to be taken by the power of the Deep. Thus, he turned the Vex against each other. Kira manifested a range of tactics, but none of them were adaptive. Oryx crushed all the Vex in his throne like even that look at that last sentence orish crux that sounds like it's a line from like a kid's book like imagine like a cartoon oryx like smashing a poor vex and it's like oryx crushed all the vex in his throne
4: yeah it almost sounds like okay this is what we like here's an outline of what to cover for the next six verses but then someone just stuck that whole paragraph into one
3: yeah
1: part. and then even this next one just, i love this next line Oryx thought that he should study <laughs> geometry. <laughs> like, so now, Oryx goes to college and learns geometry. <laughs> uh, although this this next part, for as not, again, we've encountered, even the card right before this is so well-crafted and written and so descriptive, and here we have these, like, very general things. Uh, I love this one. Uh, first, he had to punish imperfection. My son, he said, this is your punishment. Come home glorious or die forgotten. He picked up Croto by the legs and threw him into the Vex gate network. So uh, I love the visual on that where he's just like, bad. you mm-hmm. d- you done bad, kid, and now you're going to make it right. Yeah.
4: So we've talked about, you know, Knockris a little bit, you know, kind of basically it could be anyone or no one or you know don't really know right now but that last part he says you or die forgotten you know, It kind of makes me think you know maybe not if not was a son maybe not did something and then wasn't able to come home glorious and you know we, we hear later that you know crota you can oryx cures crota killing and it kind of brings that smile to his face like he earns that pleasure back and so maybe no never did and that's why it's
0: forgotten that's one of the that's one of the better explanations for for Nokris, uh Nokris, whatever that that I've heard, um, you know, because so many people you've heard I've heard a lot of people make uh, comments about where is he why don't we know about him well that might be a that that sounds very plausible to me
1: well I think also like being thrown into the Vex Gate network it would be sort of the same thing that happened you know with Praetith, mm-hmm. where you just sort of like skipped across all time and you're long forgotten at that point. Mm-hmm. Like as if you didn't even exist. Yeah, exactly. Nice.
4: Yeah, and I I love that end of that, you know, after it says and or Die forgotten, and it says and he picked up Crota by the legs and threw him into the, the Vexgate network. <laughs> and then I just I still have that image we talked about at last Book of Sorrows or that, that dad and, or the Oryx and Crota father son video where he just picks up baby Crota and just chucks him into this Vexgate. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that and that brings up this like to this next paragraph you know, where we have, and this is Crota battled through history, becoming a legendary demon. And I made a note, it's it's an interesting use of the word of history, because if he was flung into the Vex gate network, it means he could be going forward, like not just through space and time, but forward and backward through space and time. Uh, So like history sort of is implying that he only went backwards in time, but, you know, the Vex gate networks all exist simultaneously through points in time so who knows where he could have popped out mm-hmm. uh, and this this last sentence in here sort of describes it later he comes to understand oryx and he made temples and monuments wherever he went so this is the shrines of oryx that are being talked about and this is I like this because this posits that so we know Crota built the shrines of oryx we know Crota built the shrine to oryx on the moon but now the time here could be totally thrown off. Like, we've all, and in the fan chat, and even other places we've sort of discussed, you know, when did Crota get to the moon? Like, when did he hollow it out? How long have they been there? Is the moon a war world that's been floating in our orbit for centuries or whatever? We don't really know. Uh, But this card specifically states, hey, Crota was flung backwards through time. Uh, So he very well could have been on our moon Way before we ever thought the hive could have been there, and he got there via the Vex gate network, not necessarily because they've been around or knew about our areas, our solar system for ages. So, right, and there's evidence of that
2: from the Exo Stranger when she's talking about no more evidence of Vex on the moon. Yeah, Yeah. she's implying there was some presence there at some point. Yeah,
4: and then you have the Ocean of Storms 2 card that you know kind of has some insinuations where the Hive have a presence possibly at the time of the collapse, whether they were a part of it or just, maybe he just got was present there, but so there's definitely some things being
1: thrown around. And I've pointed out in the past, and also other people have too, that the shrines of Oryx don't look anything like uh, Hive architecture. They're totally different. The way the shrine is built, like the pipes and tubes everywhere, like it's, it looks a little bit more like vex-ish architecture but if crota got there via a vex gate then he may have sort of repurposed vex technology uh in that in that shrine so right and then
4: the card that beta referenced you know says no more vex you know meaning that they there was vex there so that's you know stands to reason that there could have been vex structures already there yeah
1: uh, I put no notes into this, but Oryx does say uh, about the Vex that they are a worthy rival because they both entities want to uh, exist forever.
4: And I like that he then clarifies at the end there, but, it's like, <laughs> but I don't understand them. And you know, that's always been Oryx's kind of his, you know, almost his calling, is he wants to understand everything. And so that, I think that's... You know, kind of what calls, I don't know, probably spurns on him wanting to, you know, pursue this battle a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So. This uh, this next paragraph was like, uh, and he called Savathun to meet in the material world, uh, meaning not their throne worlds, whether he didn't trust Savathun to try and assassinate him (laughs) and she didn't trust him to try and kill her. Uh, but we get a great sort of insight here on this early Vex condition. Was the Vex worked tirelessly to understand everything so they could build a victory condition for every possible end state of the universe. Uh, that's a good summary of what we know about the Vex. Uh, and, these, so, and this card continues to outline, again, these are all very general paragraphs here. Uh, there's not a lot of like super deep insight here, just because the the language used in this particular entry is not particularly deep. Uh, but we do get, in this sentence, we get this the title from one of the other cards, which is An Emperor for All Outcomes, uh, and Oryx's determination to be the one and only king, regardless of the outcome. It uh, mentions will follow the deep wherever it goes. We knew he was doing that already, uh, but this is sort of this idea that the deep as an entity the deep moves and again we don't know it's like dimensional relations to material reality so who knows like what that actually means Uh, we know he can go and visit the deep through the interior of the dreadnought with the tablets of ruin but the idea that the deep again if the deep and the darkness not being the same thing that the deep has the ability to relocate just as much as the darkness is like this pervasive entity but this is this next sentence is really important. Uh, so let us create a catalog of the grave of worlds, which will be our map to victory. So this is the world's grave. Uh, and I made a note here on why I think this is really important. Because it's very understated in the game. But the world's grave is the war log of the hive. It's everywhere they've been. It's everywhere they intend to go. Is, and Ghost tells us that in the story mission, the world's grave. But at this point, the hive have already encountered the Vex, but ghost never mentions that. So ghost never correlates that the Vex and the hive are connected. They've already battled each other. Oryx finds them worthy uh, as an enemy. So why, how, how do they have no mention in the, in the world's grave? And that mission happens in the vanilla Destiny game, prior to us ever encountering the Vex on Venus, so we should have already known about the Vex from the World's Grave. But whether Ghost never mentions that to us, or it's just overlooked, or whether this was written after the fact and is creating a plot hole, there's <laughs> we don't really know, right? And so I feel I yeah, we don't know when this was written.
2: I feel like they missed an opportunity in taking King to tie you know, instead of kind of starting almost a new story to tie the vanilla story back in. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, obviously we, you know, they could have easily, I think, made references back to the world's grave to kind of, you know, help tie in that original vanilla story into what's happening now. But,
1: oh well. Yeah. Well, again, you know, in the, the op- those opening missions on, on venus where we're tasked by the awoken to go hunt down a gate lord we're like oh the guardians used to have sensors to locate the vex and here's what we have on gate lords like they're three stories tall and you know protect the realms the vex keep locked out of time uh he says time that can't be right but the world's grave must have documented that oryx flung crota into a vex gate across time and space so (laughs) it's like why why do you not know that ghost you have the entire world's grave right <laughs> so these there's plot holes that exist there with these sort of like treasure troves of knowledge like we should know so much more because we have all of Tolan's journal and we have the entire world's grave and like we have the entire like Ishtar uh academy's library like we, we there's so much information that is in the game that our ghost has that were are whenever presented with the information that would logically be there. So
2: right. at least Osiris talks in anyway. riddles. He's, you know, we got an excuse there. <laughs> uh,
1: then I made a note in this next one about understanding the deep. So Oryx knew that all life could be described as cellular automata, except for the life, which understood the deep or the sky and thus escaped causality. Uh, and I made a note here that differentiates understood or was created by, because as guardians, we don't seem to have a really solid grasp on either. <laughs> uh, but we escape causality, so we just because you're created by a thing doesn't necessarily mean you understand a thing.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I like this next line uh, here where it says, uh, you know, Savathun, it's, it's and it says, out of love for her brother which was the same as the, the desire to kill him. Savathun leaked a secret <laughs> to Zivu Arath. Listen, Zivu, Oryx's throne world has been compromised. You can cut your way in from here. And then zivu Arath used this plan as an ambush. Or used this I, to plan an ambush.
2: And I think it's important to remember the last time Oryx and, and Shivu really interacted was when Oryx basically punished her and killed most of her brood. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, tra- trapping him in the deep so you know right now they're not necessarily on good terms
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. well remember the desire the desire to kill them is also love mm-hmm. so right. good terms so she's good still, terms she's, and bad yeah, terms still loved him, but also <laughs> was
2: probably a little mad <laughs>
1: uh, but here we have something that's super relevant to the game we play now so, but Oryx is too canny the taken king said to his court the high war uh, my throne world is vulnerable so I'm going to move it uh where asked kagor world render uh so i want to point out that kagor is the tier 3 court of oryx wizard who's immune to all damage when the ogre is alive uh and this is not craghor from verse 4.0 uh a golden amputation yeah. and can i just just say that
2: i love he always says he talks to his high court and we always you know face them one on one but i love just the image of somewhere in his throne world there's like a giant conference round table. table yeah a giant yeah. round table and they're all just sitting there
1: <laughs> discuss, discussing this well we know that the sword space allows them to communicate in real time you know they can all just sort of like be floating in this the green yeah. nether fire dimension having this discussion yeah
4: yeah I, maybe i like the image of the round table better but <laughs> i like the idea of oryx
3: serving
1: or tea in his business suit like,
4: <laughs> like oryx or crota crota bring out the tea
1: uh, although I think it was the last episode where I was, we were talking about sort of like Kraghor and and Kragor, like these different spellings of things that seem similar. And we discussed the idea that you know the books are a rough translation, so maybe not every name is correct. And I think I mentioned Spider Metal in the last episode, but pointed out that Kragor and Kragor are the same being uh, and as a cool side note, so we have Kagor, Wardrender, this is the wizard who's immune to all damage. So I I cut a piece here out of Kagor's uh, Grimoire entry, and this first paragraph is great. Uh, it basically outlines Oryx saying that he has to make room for joy in his court, Uh so he created a being, he asked what the shape of joy would be, uh, and he created Kagur out of the, the knowledge of that shape. But when he asked for what the shape of joy would be, uh, he says, it ate of me, okay, it spoke to me, uh, hold on, I'll just read the whole thing, never mind. <laughs> when I made my court, I said, look, I am an emancipator, I am a truth teller, I must make room in my court for joy. Raising great tribute, I took counsel with my vanquisher worm. It spoke to me. It was the speech of truth. It ate of me. It was the pact I made. It showed me a shape. It was the correct shape of joy, saying, This is the shape of joy, O ruler mine. Uh, and here we have like another, another one of those like bungee jabs that the worms inside these hive speak with the same cadence as the Ahamkara do. Uh, o oh, ruler mine is o oh, bearer mine like uh, like this is this is the the verbal cadence of the ahamkara, so the relationship there is solid. we don't know what it is completely yet, but this is more evidence that links them together <clears throat> uh so where asks Kagor into a mighty dreadnought says oryx. I love this, this last sentence. I shall keep my glorious mind cosmos inside a titanic warship. <laughs> uh, and that takes us right to verse uh, 411, Dreadnought. And this is something that comes up a lot when people talk about lore and the Dreadnought. And it's right here in this first line. To make his ship Oryx scrimshod one piece of akka, who is dead but far from gone. So the dreadnought itself is the part of it, at least, or either the dreadnought is a one piece of akka, uh, or one piece of akka is within the dreadnought. I'd like to think that the dreadnought's size is indicative of just a slice of akka, oh, and that that thing is actually like the the godworms are enormous. So if If the Dreadnought's just one piece of Akka, (laughs) then, uh, there's a whole lot more to these. These godworms must be so big. But anyway. Uh, and then we have two things that are mentioned here that are never mentioned ever again anywhere in any of the lore that we have encountered so far. (laughs) Uh, the Hammer of Jivu Arath and the Scalpel of Savathun. Uh... And I made notes here: Hammer of Jivu Arath, Hello Titans, and Scalpel of Savathun, Hello Hunters. <laughs> uh, but these are never mentioned ever again. Uh, it's never mentioned where they come from, how they were formed, what they were forged by, what significance they have to Jivu and Sava. Like there's no more mention of them. Just these two instances. So, whether that's was like something that was put in there, like that. Hey, this is a cool thing, and then forgotten about or was put in here to tease us as we read through, who knows. Uh, So he built the Dreadnought, he pushed his throne world inside out, so it bled to the material space. The Dreadnought was within the throne. So this is a question that comes up a lot, like, is the Dreadnought Oryx's throne? So it's like, the Dreadnought was within the throne of Oryx, but the throne of Oryx was the Dreadnought, Ayat, so this is like a people ask like is, is the dreadnought orcs is throne? Like, I mean, technically yes. Is it his entire throne world? Uh, it's, I mean, it's a massive self-defining physical paracausal space thing. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's not an easy yes or no answer. Uh, the word they used up here is that you guys both have highlighted is uh which is having the same boundaries. So they're, they're one, but they're not. One's inside the other, but the other is inside the original. Like it's, <laughs> it's a massive inside out thing. Uh, and doing that, I guess it was like a, doing that was this massive hive magic. Like all of Oryx's court was utilized. It used a verse from the Tablet of Ruin, and the whole court worked sort of like in sync to push the throne world inside out. They describe it as a joyous day of violence and it's actually a hive holiday. So this is Eversion Day. So the next live the next live team event in June or July
2: will just be Eversion Day.
1: <laughs> well so we've played the game for a year now. We've we've not we've not encountered Eversion Day, not that I think that we would, but now that we're so close to the hive, like if we have one year of the Dreadnought, I hope we encounter Eversion Day. And uh, every
4: time I read that last line, which, which is celebrated by turning things inside out, I think of uh, <laughs> Galaxy Quest, when they use that. Uh, like that <laughs> oh, God. That thing to bring them, like, transport them from a planet to I'm ship. across and, an ogre like that. <laughs> and it just, like, turns the creatures inside out. Like, that's, that's the image I get there.
1: Uh, it always reminds me of Emergence <laughs> Day from Gears of War. And then we have this sort of, again, this is something, this highly contentious part of the books that, you know, I think Bungie threw in here just to make sure that we don't get as much information as we think we're getting. (laughs) Uh, Sayeth Oryx, go out into the universe, my court, gather tribute for me, send it home in my ship. When I call you, walk up that tribute to my court. I will prepare for long voyages. Then we have Brackets where it says, I am Sabathun, insidious. Back to Oryx. Into the war. Back to Sabathun. I graffiti this notice for you. Back to Oryx. Into the deep. Last line from Sabathun. These books are full of lies. Uh, classic Bungie. So everything that we have talked about up to now could be a lie, according to Sabathun. But again, Sabathun is the great deceiver, so maybe she's the one who's lying. <laughs> There's... <laughs> We don't know. Uh, And then this line, you know, now Oryx's throne was safe from incursion because it moved so nimbly, which makes me wonder if the other two throne worlds are much more of static positions uh, than they are, like, difficult to breach. It seems like it'd be similar to Crota's throne world where there's a single gate that goes straight there and you can go in and out of it once you've found it. But the Dreadnought's a bit different because it can move around.
2: <clears throat> uh, ch- 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 and, then, and then, and that's kind of the end of that. So this next paragraph kind of starts a new section, almost.
1: Yes. So we've become the return of an old enemy, uh, and our first, our first introduction to somebody who's going to cause the hive a huge amount of trouble later on. So it says Oryx attacked the Harmonious Flotilla Invincible, which guarded the Nika Thought Ship when the flotilla surrounded his dreadnought Orc put his sword into the hall and he used the power of the deep and the clever systems his daughters had built to push his throne world out into mere reality uh this is something we encounter mm-hmm. he does this in the rings of saturn and to destroy the awoken
2: which uh, which makes you wonder i mean obviously we kind of assume they're all dead and you know we don't know but it makes you wonder to a degree when the throne world was pushed out did it contract at all? Did they actually get transported to be lost somewhere in his throne world and they're not, you know, dead, dead? But.
1: Yeah. So it's by wrath and confidence, he filled space with an egg of his throne. It swelled up like a ghost star to smash the harmonious flotilla invincible. Oryx broke the last word off their name. <laughs> Meaning that. <laughs> uh, in the Nika thought ship, Oryx hoped to find the location of the gift mast. This gift mast is going to be incredibly important later on. Which had been left behind by the Traveler, Oryx wanted to eat it. But the thought ship was a trap, and upon it was Cura, Blade Transform. And this verse is
2: the first time we've ever heard
1: of this thought ship, right? I believe so, yeah. So this is, so thought ship to me sounds very much like a Vex thing. Yeah, and the fact Uh that Corey is on it, you know? Yes. So the question we have here is, so we have the Harmonious Flotilla, Invincible. If you break that down, Invincible is the name. Flotilla is what it is. Uh, anybody familiar with Mass Effect uh, knows what a flotilla is. And then we have Harmonious. And Harmonious seems to designate this, this civilization we're going to encounter, which is the Harmony, uh, which are an incredibly light, powerful civilization uh they work in sync with the traveler they're going to cause a lot of problems for the hive later on but this sort of posits the question were the vex working with the harmony were the vex friendly with the harmony uh did did the harmony help lay this trap for oryx with the Vex, like, did the Vex take over the flotilla? Like, did the Vex just kill all the Harmony on board and use the flotilla as a trap? Or is, it, or is the Harmony even,
2: are they possibly similar to the same thing? And the Harmony is the name of the kingdom, and, you know, the Vex are its citizens. And the only reason I say that is because I just had the thought of this two things. We'll read about the gift mast in a second, but I guess it was left behind by the Traveler, but it also sounds like something that would be very Vex like in terms of its structure. But the other thing yeah. is, it seems odd that we have these, you know, it talks about orcs fighting Vex, then it hurries and describes his dreadnought. Then the very next thing is him attacking the Harmony, and so it really does make you think, like, well, if he's still after the Vex, um, you know, it, it feels like they've got to be tied fairly closely somehow, because he'd still well, be we're gonna learn a the lot.
1: Vex. We're going to learn a lot about the Harmony. They don't see, they're not very Vex-like uh but this is this is interesting, you know. You know the Vex worked with us to defeat the Taken. I mean, they worked with us in so much as they <laughs> let Krainus out of his cage. <laughs> like, uh, but so we don't I'm not sure if they're working with the Harmony. We we don't know a lot about the Vex. We know that the Vex weren't always what they are now. That they they were once something else. So maybe they still had ties and connections. Like maybe the Harmony. Maybe the Harmony included the proto-Vex race. Right, well, and you know, especially
2: and, the fact that we, we do know the Vex were builders. So it's almost like, you know, yeah. were they the Harmony's exo-type, you know, or did they just build stuff for some civilization out there, you know, and then they kind of decided to expand.
1: Well, but we know prior to this, when Kira first manifests, that Kira talks back to vex greater minds like planet sized vex minds pray talks about that minds the size of worlds so the vex are already well established as an entity at this point uh and they're powerful enough to challenge oryx head-on like oryx deems them worthy so the fact that they would be working with another race or another civilization we don't know if it's out of desperation or out of a partnership that existed prior to the whole Oryx situation. Right. I guess what I'm saying uh, is that's
2: what I'm thinking. They could have even have had some type of builder relationship because yeah. we don't know how old the harmony are. So, you know, True. the the relationship might have originally just been you build X and we'll, you know, whatever. But uh,
1: And that takes us into verse five. So now we've gone from verse. This is the end of the basically what we consider to be book four and moving on to book five. Uh, and this is 5.0 and I want to read this title as, (laughs) as open bracket, close bracket, straight line, open bracket, close bracket, straight line, open bracket, close bracket. (laughs) Uh, but it really is just sort of setting the tone for how the Vex will communicate in this entry and how Oryx will communicate in this entry. Uh, And it opens up with, I can't read it because (laughs) Dragon's name was in the (laughs) way. Uh, So we have Interdict, Simulate, uh, and Worship. Uh, Interdict means to prohibit or forbid. Uh, And this very much seems to be, you know, Blade Transform uh, trying to prevent, like, prohibit forbid is trying to prevent oryx from doing whatever he's going to do to start running a simulation and also to engage this worship function that allows them to tap into the ontological powers of the worms which we know that kira has they've been experimenting with them i love this next line
2: because oryx (laughs) is just i'm going to kill you and then i'm going to salt my meat with your briny little thoughts i just love the briny part because we always talk about uh you know vex milk and vex milk and yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's you know almost ocean creatures and things like plankton and protozoas (laughs) but
1: yeah i'm going to cook your flesh well see look but here's another i'm going to cook i'm going to cook oh flesh on your broken molten hull yeah and we learned earlier that uh or we're going to that uh kira is a hydra style vex uh, and then we have Insinuate, Subvert, and Replicate. And I believe this to be uh, Kira analyzing Oryx's power and trying to use it for itself against Oryx. Uh, this ship is my throne. You want to take it from me. Uh, you want to fill it up with your own spawn and use it for your abstract purposes, but I defy you. And this is interesting. So now it changes... And so normally this is like again open bracket word close bracket like straight vertical line. This next one though is open bracket word close bracket exclamation point. Uh and whether this means that Cura is running a different protocol or something has become much more drastic and needed uh we have observe exclamation point uh imitate exclamation point or serp. Um uh, and this seems like it's Kira trying to fight power with power and attempt to conquer the dreadnought, like observe what Oryx is doing, imitate what Oryx is doing, and attempt to usurp Oryx from his throne.
2: And then you have just... Oryx replying that he, he's totally cool with it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you will never be what I am. Some of these lines are great, huh? like, uh, calculate the permutations of my divinity. <laughs> Uh, compute the death in the shape of my throne, render my shadow on the stone of 10,000 graveyard worlds. It will never be enough. I like uh, not with a galaxy of thinking matter could you encompass me. Behold. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have this very, this very next line from poor Kira unknown (laughs) enigma shortfall Uh, abort, halt abort. And this is sort of, I think this is the tablet's, you know, this is Oryx tapping the power of the Deep and just completely overwhelming the Vex. Like, no matter what they think they can simulate or copy or or use against Oryx, his power is so far beyond them, it's impossible for the Vex to replicate or simulate. There's, They just don't, there's nothing they can do. Uh, and that's got to be a pretty rough realization for the Vex that... And it's interesting, too, because, you know, we have we have Oryx like a card and a half ago saying, oh, they're, they're worthy adversaries. And then he marches on Kira and just annihilates like you have nothing against me. It it makes me think he
2: he thought they were worthy more because of their desire to be the final shape. You know, their desire to use the sword logic and not necessarily worthy,
1: you know, in terms of power level. And now he, and he's sort of like now, I will be the, no matter what the outcome is, I will be the king of it.
2: Yeah. And yeah, so verse 5-1, the next one, end of a failed timeline. The first line is, by now Coria knows it
1: can't win. <laughs> that took a matter of seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, then, all that deductive power and what you managed to figure out was, you can't win. Yeah.
4: And then on the flip side, though... You know, it's it's kind of interesting to get the inner workings of the Vex, you know, in you know in a typical situation, if that wasn't Oryx that they were that it was up against, you know, that they would have won in a matter of seconds. Like that's yeah. how quick they can deduce the enemy and how quick they can imitate and usurp the power and then conquer. Like that's how powerful they are. But then Oryx is just a little bit more powerful than they believed him to be
1: so it talks about sort of the the sort of autopathogenic properties of the dreadnought and it's it resists analysis and it's there's just something that's not scannable like an oryx is irreducible he refuses to obey simulations uh he sows chaos uh and this is a great line where it says, he grabs submines and compromises them with some kind of ontological weapon, paracausal systems. This is Oryx taking lesser Vex and turning them back against the Vex. Uh, Very problematic. <laughs> and, yeah, and we've seen this happen in previous episodes where the greatest weapon Oryx has is that he can march on an army or a civilization and turn them against themselves by taking them. Uh this next line is great. Uh, Kira is trying, trying the religious tactics. It evolved in the hive manifold, but even on those terms, Oryx is strong, so strong. Kira will not be able to predict, protect its gates much longer. So this is the equivalent of, is <laughs> like trying, you're using the worship of a god or a higher being to manifest powers. When you're trying to fight the very being whose worship you're starting. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> or the, or the next closest thing, they're very much worshiping the worms, which is the worm gods manifesting their power, but it's like you're you're it's a simulated worship of a secondary property when you have like the real thing right in front of you. Yeah, it's not gonna work. Uh, but here we have like one of the greatest sort of like counterattacks. That wasn't designed to be that, but turns out to be this amazing sort of scenario we're given in the books. And I think this is one of the best scenarios that is presented in the books. And we've had a lot of great ones. Uh, so we have the closest Curious got to a simulation of Oryx is a best guess bootstrap. It's wrong. Curious, sure of that. It's Oryx minus the symbiote organism, the worm, minus the wings and the morphs. So no. Uh, King Morph. Minus the weapon, uh, Will Breaker. Minus the power. No good for anything. Kira manifests that simulation anyway, just to see what happens. Uh, and I made a note here, this is like a, that's like an organic, that's a mind, that's a brain thing. That's not a computer thing. Uh, you know, computers don't run programs just to see what will happen. Right, if, like.
4: Yeah, if a computer thinks something's wrong, it's gonna, it's gonna off. It's not going to give the signal to
1: go continue on. Yeah. So, and this, so yeah. This is the organic influence within the Vex. Uh, and here we have what I was just talking about. The Taken King marches on Kira's Hydra hull. So, it seems like Kira's an enormous Hydra. Uh, armed with blade and magic, cloaked in ancient cloth, and the universe wails in horror around him. Uh, Kira observes, and this is great, so this is now Kira falling back on learning there's there's nothing you can do you've lost the fight all you can try and do now is gather data (laughs) Uh, but this is great so from within the hydra hall kira's tiny not oryx speaks what are you it says it's manifesting terror and awe Uh, oryx's eyes ablaze with a curiosity that is entirely isomorphic with hate (laughs) Uh, and that sort of just I made a note here as having the same crystalline form, but this is, this is Oryx. At this point, is Oryx able to be surprised by anything? (laughs) Uh, It's sort of impossible. And the fact that he would be surprised by something means that he would hate the thing that he was surprised by. So the fact that he's genuinely curious uh, is equivalent to being genuinely hateful of this thing because it's been able to manifest this curiosity in him. Arash, he says in his Hive language, you've made me as I was. You've made a tiny Arash. <laughs> ha! <laughs> uh, so, and this is great. Curia updates the simulation's name. Arash is curious. Uh, you're me, you as i become. So this is really Curia manipulating Oryx's curiosity, uh, by keeping the simulation updated in real time, uh, to, to try and get as much information out of Oryx as humanly, not humanly, as vexically possible. <laughs> uh, Oryx kneels blade in his left shoulder. I highlighted this line. Kira is firing every available weapon at him, <laughs> but his wards don't break. So The vex literally have no weapon that can harm Oryx. Yeah. They, he is... He's indestructible and invincible from the outside, but she's got a hook in his brain now. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, I like that image where he's kneeling to kind of speak to this tiny Arash while the Vex are just firing everything possible. And he's just, you know, just still just kneeling, just not even like smiling, smiling and curious, not even fazed by the whatever weapons they're shooting at him.
1: Child, I have everything you wanted. I am immortal. I know the great secrets of the universe. I have scouted the edges of the darkness, and I have chased the lying god down galactic arms in a howling pack of moons. In my fist I carry the secret power that will rule eternity. In my worm I bear the tribute of my court and of my children, the hope eater, the weaver, and the unraveler. And with this tribute I smash my foes. I am Oryx, the taken king, and I am almighty. Uh, so we know the Lion God is traveler. Uh, we know that the secret power that will rule all eternity is the ability to supplant the will of another being with his own. That is the power to take. And something you spoke to earlier, Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, so he mentions his children. So the Hope Eater, the Weaver, and the Unraveler. That is Crota, Ir-Anuk, and Ir-Halak. Uh, and originally my note said this is why I don't think Nokris is one of Oryx's children. Uh, but in the scenario you presented, if Nokris was flung through the Vex gate network and literally lost to existence, he wouldn't be named here because he doesn't exist. Right.
4: Yeah. So I think this that kind of just like this line kind of lays out. There's really one of two scenarios. You know, Nokris is either another entity com- entirely, like you mentioned in the notes, or you know was completely forgotten as Oryx... Though,
2: to be fair, if Nocris was completely forgotten, every time they passed the statue, they'd be like, oh yeah, Nocris. <laughs> <laughs> what about, so, so does that
0: not don't, apply? They not have ghosts
1: to scan it. <laughs> does that not
0: apply to, uh, to Pratith then? Didn't we, isn't he kind of lost in time? He, he well, was well, until we, he was given yeah, back but to well, us. Well, we knew about him we, before that
1: did we as the in world i had his we? gun
0: for a long time
1: right so we as players knew that well, yeah so because when we go into the vault Ikora says that she'd only ever heard rumors like scattered whispers and th- things on pieces of gear mm-hmm. so there was no confirmation that predith ever existed he was believed to be a rumor uh, and even though we had a gun that was Praetith's timepiece, we as the player knew that that belonged to Praetith, who was one of the people who went into the vault with Kabir and Pahanan. But in in the in-game world, we had no point of reference for who for who Praetith was until we go into the vault and discover those ghosts. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that also means, you know, if that's the case, and Praedith exists because the Vex allow him to manifest in our existence and basically have reinserted him back into reality, we have to sort of posit that that sort of uh, paracausal state exists on the dreadnought, where this Nocris thing has the ability to, this statue of Nocris has the ability to exist because it's in a place where its existence is defined, but everywhere else it's not a thing. And at this point, Oryx is on top of, you know, Kira's hull out in the middle of space, not aboard the Dreadnought, so Nokris does not exist outside that place. The same way Praetith doesn't exist outside the vault. Yeah,
4: and you're just reading the the quote on the, uh, the Praetith's Revenge sniper rifle, though. Kind of, it almost seems like Praetith is, you know, rather than lost to time, he's lost in time if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't necessarily just get erased from time, but he's just, you know, it's the quote is pray this fall isn't over because it hasn't, because it hasn't happened yet and it will happen again. And so that just says that, you know, he's there somewhere, but right. And that's, that's kind of where I was. That's actually
0: exactly where I was headed with that, that comment um, that, that knockers, you know, even though it was just kind of possibly thrown into the, the, gate world might not have been erased as much as just kind of lost amongst many timelines
3: yeah
4: but then i think oryx had maybe has the power to with the world grave erase whatever he wants erased which could spurn sabathune's you know brackets of these books are full of lies
1: yeah <laughs> yeah because we know that there's no reference to nakris in the world's grave Uh, this next line is huge. Uh, Kira samples the Taox intelligence retrieved from the Ecumen gate. This is crazy. So this means that way back when we talked about the Hive fighting the Ecumen, the Vex had already been there. We don't know if the Vex were friendly with the Ecumen. We, maybe Taox used a Vex gate to escape the Hive. Like, but at some point taox's intelligence something in information because we know that she spoke with them about this proto hive race because that's how they deduce how they were going to fight the uh the hive so there was a vex gate there with a vex friendly with the ecumen Were the vex part of the ecumen like where is this intelligence like we know the intelligence we know when it happened we know that taox was interviewed by them but how did the vex get it
4: well I think the wording there is kind of interesting too, because you could read it as you know from the the vex gate that connected to the ecumen you, you know society or world, or you could read it even as you know an actual ecumen gate you know that they have did they have some sort of time gate in their society that the vex are able to now kind of use or go between so it kind of opens i think at least to me a lot of things there yeah.
1: So th- this is the second time we've encountered the Vex potentially being friendly with another civilization uh, and using that knowledge or using that support against the Hive. And then we know from that intelligence we get Sathona and Gyro. the names that are mentioned next So, mm-hmm. What about your sisters, Arash? Ask his future self, Sathona, Gyro. are they with you? <laughs> uh Taking King's Fangs glint. Might be a laugh, a hiss. Now, I think, now this is the turning point. Kira is now, like, uh, Oryx has gone from being curious to being mad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, As Kira shuts down all weapons and puts its spare resources into sending telemetry to the Greater Vex. So we have a great mention of the Greater Vex. Uh, And we have never, we've never even encountered Vex with the power of Kira, except maybe Atheon. But there are, if there are far more powerful Vex out there, and that line has always haunted me since running the Paradox mission, where Praetith sort of is musing on, what can you do against a mind the size of a planet? (laughs) Like, is, is it even possible for them to make mistakes? Like, is everything that they ever do, will do, or have done, is perfectly within the pattern? And even you being here right now is part of the pattern. They've already seen it. Like... So, it was like, is facing oryx part of the pattern? Do they already know this has happened? Uh, so, there are points in space and time where this data is vital. There will be great projects undertaken to study in the study of this ontological power, this throne space. Uh, whether you want to believe that's the heart of the black garden, do not know. Uh, maybe the the black garden, as far as we know, is like another version of the vault where the vex were. You know, if the vault is atheon's ability to control the waypoints between time and existence maybe the the garden is the vex attempt to greatly manifest uh this worship that they they plan on studying this ontological power, but that's all we don't know it's never told to us explicitly
4: yeah this next line here is it's it's a good one um it starts, it's Arash, and it says, Where are my sisters? Arash shouts. What have you done with my people? What have you done? And, uh, and I'll let you read, you wrote the notes here, I'll let you follow that, but I think that just, it highlights how much Oryx has, how far he's come from the beginning of this, this journey, basically, from chapter one, one, you know, where it starts off as the goal is to protect their people to get their country, their kingdom back that was taken from them. And now that's, he's become this God <laughs> or former yeah, self. Doesn't even, he's like, what are you, what have you done? What are my, what have you done to my people? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's sort of this glimpse that he's become really corrupted in his original purpose. That His former self doesn't even recognize who she's become. Uh, it's interesting, like when I first, when I was reading this and then I wrote that, so, uh, it has also become so corrupted in his original purpose that even his former self has to question what she's become. Man, for some reason, the first thing I think of is the scene between, uh, Davy Jones <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, what's her name? From the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh, when the reason why Davy Jones looks the way he does is because he became really corrupted in his purpose. His purpose was to ferry souls to the next world, but he decided to pursue other things and, uh, it, it turned him into something completely different to the point where even she doesn't recognize him anymore. He's become some great monster that reminds me of that all the time. Uh, But Oryx Fist is full of black fire. The next thing Kira sees is a light like stars. So Oryx just takes Kira. And I
2: should. Flat out. And I should point out for kicks, I just ran a search on black flame and black fire. And uh, you'll recall from Mysteries, it says, before it devoured the blossoms with black flame. So whatever was at the garden was a taking power, it would seem.
1: Well. We don't know that for sure,
2: right? I mean, Bungie's done plenty of things that should be connected that aren't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but at the okay, same time, so we again, it, so, it, so so it's the few black flame. Uses of the word black flame. The black
1: flame like that. that destroyed the roses in the garden. Yor's rose. The black flame. Yor was taken and given thorn to steal the light from God. Gar- Damn it! No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> your doesn't even remotely mention black flame or any crap like that with your so. uh tia
1: dalma was the name i couldn't remember anyway the
2: spirit of the ocean yeah.
1: but i mean uh, and back
2: in the collapse episode we you know theorized that it was probably the darkness itself so yeah but yeah so to me this is just more correlation because we already know orcs gets his power from the deep so
1: yes So that brings us to verse 5-2, strict proof eternal. Opening line doesn't make any sense based on the rules we've already been given. Uh, I have a gift for you, says Oryx. We already know giving is for the sky, the deep commands that they take. (laughs) So why is Oryx giving? Savathun should be immediately distrustful of this thing (laughs) because Oryx shouldn't be giving a damn thing. Uh, and she does. So, Sabathune Witch Queen looks at him with a dry wariness. Is it the sword logic? I need to go into the deep and take your power for myself. And she, she does not mince words. <laughs> she makes, she makes her intentions very clear. Uh, we know what she wants. And we've done that from the very start. Uh, their echoes move around war rooms, uh, walking together on the hull of a 2,000-year-old warship. Uh, Whose, whose warship is that? Is that, we don't know if that is the remains of the flotilla, if that is the Nika thought ship. This could be an Ammonite warship from way back in the beginning, like, uh, we just don't, we don't know. They, they tell us these things and they don't know. Uh, Savathun's fleet is assembled here in preparation for an assault on the gift mast. So here we have the gift mast showing up again. Uh, like I said, this thing's about to become very, very important. Uh, and then I highlighted the last word well, of the sentence. To, I, I love oh.
2: this whole next line because it says, "The deep is headed that way, on the trail of its prey, and the hive will be its vanguard." But um, you know, it kind of implies the deep, to a degree, the deep is always concerned with pursuing the traveler. Um, yeah, and the hive are almost the cleanup crew. <laughs> but yeah. um, that, and it that would correlate with. Our ideas on the collapse—that it was possibly the deep, you know—arrived first, and then that would explain why just now Orks is arriving, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the vanguard, the mop-up crew.
4: <laughs> that was always kind of my take on the the pl- the collapse and how you know, that could have transpired. Was, you know, yeah, it was the deep was the main force, but that doesn't mean that the Sisters weren't involved.
3: You know, if that makes sense. Yeah.
4: And, the, and the, this gives a perfect example of this being, of this happening already before. So.
1: Uh, and then we have some very dangerous speculative lines coming up. Uh, this one paragraph could fuel th- spin metal theories <laughs> for the next, until the end of destiny. <laughs> uh, so I'll read the whole thing. We'll pick out some of these parts. It is a Vex I captured. Kira, blade transform. It made an attempt to puncture my throne. I thought you might enjoy studying it. Oryx pauses, digesting through the bond of lineage. He can feel Crota killing worlds and worlds away, and it tastes like sweet fat. Kira contains a Vex attempt to simulate me. It might might generate others. You, perhaps, or Jivu Arath. I've left some will of its own so it can surprise you. Okay, let's unpack this paragraph. Uh, So now we know... (laughs) Oryx gave the Blade Transform to Savathun as a gift. Uh, So now Savathun has control of a ridiculously powerful Vex mind. Like... And I I one thing that I put in the notes here is maybe all the futures seen by Future Warcult or the Exo Stranger are just simulations being run by Kira to confuse and manipulate humans at the behest of Savathûn. <laughs> like yeah, it's almost endless no, power at this point. Yeah, we have no idea what Savathûn has done with Kira. Uh and Kira's an unbelievably powerful Vex. So that is that the the world of possibility that exists for our current world in the new guardian age like that's bananas like you could like i said we could <laughs> spin metal that forever uh we have orcs pausing uh to digest which means that he must be getting a Im- massive influx of light right here uh it's possible that this could be Mare imbrium uh we don't know again we have no concept of the timeline here. Uh, Mare Imbrium would place us much closer to the new Guardian Age than we anticipate. Uh, I'd like to think that it's not. I'd like to think this it's still happening pretty far in the past, but who knows. <clears throat> uh, then we have the lessons. I've left some of its own will so it can surprise you. And then I put in all caps. Super important. Uh, Oryx has the ability to take which means he can supplant the will of other beings with his own. But now we learn to varying degrees. This is immense uh, because this opens the door for the possibility that agents of Oryx already exist among the guardians. And he just sort of, maybe he just put a seed of himself in them and didn't completely take them. Uh, He left like a nugget of their will. Well, they, they operate under his sort of like subtle guidance. Like this is, this is crazy. The example that I use uh, is somebody who very much says my will is not my own. And that's Xur. <laughs> uh, the idea that Zer, which is a being who was once something totally different and then was changed, whose will is not his own, sounds very much like something that's taken but he also can kind of operate autonomously like he he goes to the tower he does these things he says he's working for the nine uh but he can interact with us he can speak which like taken never do like Mm -hmm. you never see like a taken taken captain talking to a regular captain Uh, yeah so yeah, this opens the door for crazy stuff. You can now, there's like, you could throw Eris theories in there. Definitely. You could throw Toland theories Definitely. in there. Like there's all kinds of mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy stuff that can go on. Now that we know that Oryx can take, but not completely take and leave a little bit of the person or thing back in there. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's nuts. That's go crazy with that. Like, I'd love to see some of the theories coming out of that possibility. Uh, and then Sabathun, <laughs> I suppose it'll blow up and kill me. Good thinking. Uh, but then she says, or let the machines into my throne when they start turning everything into clocks and glass. And I just want to point it out. She, that's her fault. <laughs> she was the one who tricked Crota so, into unleashing the Vex in the first
4: place. I, I think so. that line's really interesting, too, because she comments about turning everything into clocks and glass. And we have a, uh, the Titan artifact of Kabir's pocket watch which, you know, just the type, the text says, you know, you can hear the the final hint of like a heartbeat in mm-hmm. the heart. In that. And it's like, oh, okay, you did they, Kabir is now yeah, a pocket did they, watch Did they himself? turn Kabir into a, a clock? <laughs> is, he, is Kabir a pocket watch? I, I don't know. That's kind of interesting to me, though.
1: Uh, then we have classic sort of hive logic here. If it kills you, then you deserve to die. <laughs> Uh, And here we get the title of the card. I like the Uh, end of that too because
4: it says, Orc says it with a quiet thrill, a happy thrill, because it is good to say the truth. And it's just like, you know, I just think it's funny when they talk about killing each other basically and the other deserves to die. And I don't know. It makes them excited. (laughs) It's good to say the truth.
1: Uh, And this is a great entry here because now, again, it's we've. Oryx has been faced now a few times with the idea that maybe they're not on the correct path, that maybe they've been duped or tricked. Or maybe they're serving a greater will. They, they pretty firmly believe that what they're doing is the right thing, but every once in a while they're faced with this realization that, hey, you think you're doing the right thing, but your viewpoint may be very narrow. Uh, and here we have Savathun musing on that same thing. Uh. This thing we believe that we're liberating the universe by devouring it, that we're cutting out the rot, that we're on course to join the final shape. I haven't found a strict eternal proof. We may yet be wrong. Uh, so here we have even one of the greater high of gods sort of doubting whether their purpose is true, <clears throat> uh, and that comes full circle. And then you have Oryx sort of thinking back and. And thinking on all these things, he's saying, sister, it's us. We're the proof. We the hive. If we last forever, we prove it. And if something more ruthless conquers us, then the proof is sealed. Uh, Then she looks back at him and says, I like that. It's elegant. But then it says, although, of course, she has thought this before. So she knows that that is the possibility, but she still doubts that it could be the case.
4: I like how it goes from you know, just the previous verse. You see, you know, Oryx's you know, past self doesn't even recognize, you know, how far he she's come. But then here, like just this next verse, now Oryx is having this nostalgic memory or is going back and, you know, remembering that being young with Savathun and Sibyl Wrath yeah. and the path that they've been on. It's, I, just, I just like how they kind of go full circle like that
1: there's there's these glimmers these glimmers of personality inside all of them whether not just like these super powerful gods disconnected from their like emotions and feelings and as part of that part of those those feelings like him feeling nostalgic or him having a happy thrill like those sparks of emotion that you get in there really help flesh out the story when you're playing through when you're like man why why would Oryx care that Crota was killed? Like, he even says, like, if it kills you, then you deserve it. Like, by, by the very sword logic that dictates their entire existence, he should not care that Crota was destroyed. Like, if it kills you, you deserve to die. That's the truth. But there's also that, that, that spark of emotional being inside of them. That hey he lost his kid and he's gonna he's a little pissed off about and, that
4: yeah and you even saw that a little bit with his daughters where he was you know almost worried that they were possibly venturing into the deep into spaces where they might not do very well and he was like oh yeah. what are you doing <laughs> so he's, he's he definitely has those those traits that kind of make him easy to relate to in certain certain st- scenarios.
1: And here we have the infamous verse 5-3, the verse that kicked off a million Ahamkara theories.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd shut them all in cells. Uh, and I want to point this out right here at the very start. Pray and sacrifice uttered by Jivu Arath, god of war. I still encounter people who believe that this, that shutting them all in cells was, the, was Oryx talking. But it's not. This is, this is Jivu Arath. Uh, And here we get the first real hard glimpse at the Harmony. Uh, So Harmony, when the Traveler passed across the Harmony, it lied to the orbits of ten worlds. Now they orbit a black hole. The Traveler lied to the accretion disk so that it would give warm light to these worlds. Uh, So I did some some digging on some of this stuff. Uh, Again, this is the hive perspective here. So lying to the orbits of ten worlds makes me seem like the traveler traveled straight across their solar system, uh, rather than following the orbit of their primary star. Is so that now they orbit a black hole? So now, did the traveler do something to the sun of this world that changed their primary star into a black hole? Uh, and that's that's pretty a pretty brutal change to make. Uh it says it lied to the accretion disk. So and then you know the accretion disk is essentially the flat plane of a solar system. Uh, it's a circumstellar disk uh, formed by orbital motion, things like that nature. Like when you imagine the solar system like a flat group of circles around a primary star. Uh, That is the accretion disk, that sort of phenomenon. So it says he lied to the orbits of 10 worlds, lied to the accretion disk, which makes me think that the traveler just sort of like shot straight in from their solar system, went right to their sun and turned it into a black hole. (laughs) Uh, And then so then the traveler becomes the source of light for that system rather than the sun being the source of light for that system. That's going to become important later on. And I actually, Sorry. I actually like
2: this next line because then it says the gift mast when the traveler left harmony, it made a monument out of the black holes, polar jet. Um, but what's interesting there is it says the traveler left harmony and we don't really have many, if any instances of the traveler actually leaving a civilization under its own free will. Yeah. So that's, it's interesting that, you know, the traveler chose to leave them at that point
1: well again this is jivu talking so he's not gonna or i don't think that jivu she is gonna say oh and we chased the traveler out of the system again he just sees it as running away
2: right well to me i guess the reason i don't think they were there at the time is because it says um the polar jet was left and there was a hollow mast which sang with radiance and so it seems odd that if the traveler was chased, it would be able to create this nice light source, you know?
1: Well, we're going to learn in the very next one why it did that. Okay. <laughs> <That's
2: it. laughs> this is why
1: I prefer respite. <laughs> so, uh, the harmony sting the harmony of weaponized their dead star they can stimulate the accretion disc to fire relativistic plasma jets we will take the sting we will use it to burn their worlds will grant one temple of tribute to the first ascendant to kill a world uh so the gift mast is the weaponization of this star uh you know the. And I, I made a note that stimulating is a vex word, but, uh, you know, relative to relativistic plasmas. Well, no, uh, isn't the
2: gift mast the monument and then the harmony sting is the weapon?
1: Right. So, but right, the monument out of the black hole's polar jet.
2: Right. In the jet, there's a hollow mast which sings in radiance. So is the monument in the harmonies? So, I mean, that's clearly the gift mast because it says right, hollow but, mast, but the Harmony Sting, is that the mast then em- right. emits a plasma jet?
1: Yes. So so here's, here's how I picture this. Whether I'm correct or not is up for debate, of course. Uh, so the, the magnetic fields around an accretion disk are dragged by the spin of a black hole. Relativist, relativistic material is launched off by tightening the field lines. So this mast... I imagine this is like this mast jutting out of the very center of this black hole. The the mast is almost like the like the center, which the black hole spins around. the The mast is what allows the harmony sting to exist. The mast draws the, uh, you know, it draws the relativistic plasma out of the black hole, which allows the harmony to use it as the sting. Uh, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a thing that just sits there giving off light. I think the the mast is this massive infusion of light that allows the harmony to weaponize their their new black hole. It is interesting,
2: because we were postulating that the traveler, you know, purposely <laughs> killed their son. Yeah. And maybe it was a new tactic. Maybe the traveler was like, Well, maybe if I put the whole civilization, you know, on the gift mast, there's a black hole, so then the the hive can't get to them which we'll see was a failed experiment but <laughs>
1: uh and then Jiwoo goes on to talk about Oryx. uh beware the daughters of Oryx, for they unmake and make with ease so uh Jiwoo is well aware of ear anuk and ear Halak's power well uh, the did they kill
4: pretty much everyone in his throne world a while back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. Cause Orch just sent them in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he's well aware of their power. <laughs> uh, Savathun, the deceitful sister will be distracted by the Arcana and the song of the black hole. Treat her broods with contempt. Uh, this is the first time that Savathun has been associated with the void, uh, lowercase V here, probably in reference to the black hole. Uh, the Traveler, we chase it and we'll devour it. The Deep Will Rule of Cosmos. So we know Jivu is still committed to that goal. I wonder if Jivu even remembers who Teox is at this point.
4: I like that even Zivu uh, titles Savathun the dece- deceitful sister.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Nobody trusts nope. her. And then we have this infamous last line. The Dragons. Uh our gods should be ours alone. Their smug freedom is an insult to me. I'd shut them all in cells. Bring them to me. Uh we're gonna encounter the Ahamkara coming up, not necessarily by name so much, but the almost their exact description. Yeah. Uh
4: and there's some And again. There's some interesting wordage just in that line, or you could read it one way where you know our gods should be ours alone. And you could read it where. You know, the people of, they don't want the people of harmony worshiping these oh, car or these dragons, which, you know, are then kind of their gods at the same time, which would put them at a, the same level as the worms. Or you could even mm-hmm. read it as, you know, our gods should be ours alone, as in the dragons are worshiping the worms and they're kind of like the yep. same place they are. And so, like, you could, there's not a lot of clarity, you know, which is, you know, what bungee does best and they they put the words out there but and then they make you go crazy trying to figure out what it actually means but but that's that's part of the fun though right
1: yeah and then even the next line their smug freedom is an insult to me meaning that the ahamkara like maybe they don't have the raw deal that the hive do where the worm takes from them and gives to them where the ahamkara can just freely take from the worm without having to give anything back or that the maybe the harmony get stuff for free from the Ahamkara, where the hive don't from the worms. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's ambiguous. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and the next the next line is to me I have not it's not necessarily a theory as much as just an interesting possible connection is where where he says I'd shut them all in cells and then we have a, a later card where oryx refers to like the body as a cell. And so I, th- mm-hmm. I think that just knowing what we know about worms and how the hive, you know, you have this, this symbiosis with putting the worm inside of you. I think, you know, there's some possible connections there that just seem interesting to me.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we'll probably talk about this in the wrap up episode a lot, just cause like, there's also the theory that the Ahamkara are worms that have broken free from their hosts. Like, a worm that's been inside a host long enough eventually matures. When the host ceases to sate the worm, the worm can break free from its chrysalis, and that's what an ahamkara is. And,
4: right, and that could lead so that's to him a, to be like, I'd shut them all in cells. Like, I'd put them all back I, in bodies, or back in symbiosis yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, a lot of exactly. interesting interesting things.
1: So, yeah, that one, those what, one, two, three, four sentences yeah. <laughs> spawned a million theories. <laughs> and this
4: is this is where I think, like, you mean, there's some cards where you're like, oh, this is terrible card but then there's other cards where it's just like i mean they took four sentences and you, you could t- you you could do a 30 minute if not more episode on just discussing that paragraph
1: there yeah <laughs> so we'll be we'll be sure to talk about that more in in five uh so that takes the verse five four the gift mast I love this. It towers above this star system like a monument to treason. It beams with silver light and sings a radio lullaby made of soothing lies. But we already know that the hive feel that the light is a lie, that that peace is a lie, because sort of like strength and the proof of your own existence has to be paramount to all things. Uh, And they believe that the the Traveler, you know, lulls civilizations into believing this lie. Oh. In its light live the Harmony. They are now our prey. And I put a note here. It is amazing to me that the Harmony lost to the Hive as they were literally inside the direct light <laughs> of the sky, <laughs> which I have to imagine must have been stronger than the light that we have as Guardians. You know, it's like we, we, we have, we get our power like our ability to wield the light through a proxy the ghost which is the result of a dying traveler here we have a traveler it's being chased it's pretty exhausted but it still has tons of strength and power and it has basically built like a radio light elevator to the sky and the harmony live inside it yeah
4: you know we know that when the traveler was in our system it's like its last your know, effort to protect us was the creation of the ghost but then this seems like you know i wonder if the ghost was kind of the evolution of the traveler's defenses you're know, learning you know what works and what what doesn't work against the hive and you know this was you know possibly the first attempt at okay i'm going to leave behind this massive structure this yeah harmony um, was it harmony sting that can use the power of the sun to attack <laughs> and yeah you know and then then we see that it doesn't really work that well
1: but then you have to imagine the gift mast you know and when it comes to the hive, it's gonna be like a giant bug zapper like it's this giant beam of light that all the hive can see from across the galaxy that would just swarm to it i mean they want to feed off it they want to feed their and save their worms with it it's just like this like come like it's like a beacon for them so it may not have been the best idea for the traveler uh but they the the harmony they put up a hell of a fight uh now arrives zivu wrath the head of her armada she fights the harmony for 50 years with strategies and discipline but the harmony turned to dragon wishes and their wishful bishops wrestle wrestle zivu in the ascendant plane we already know dragon wishes are ahamkara so the ahamkara are helping the harmony for their maybe for their own purposes maybe not we don't know but they're helping them and we learned the harmony have the ability to battle the hive on the ascendant plane which is something we struggled pretty hard with uh but the fact that a a bishop a harmony bishop could fight shivu on the ascendant plane like that like that's going into her house and fighting her (laughs) I (laughs) I
2: i can't remember the exact artifact it's the dagger one that I think is the dagger one that talks about, um, you know, us, we aren't the first to battle orcs. I, I gotta look up the exact wording. But do you know which one I'm talking about? The one that says that we're not the first to battle on the ascendant plane.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I know it's an, it's the artifact artifact, right? Yeah. It is, uh, it's definitely not, I don't think it's that one. Is it?
2: No. Let's see if Isht- not, let's there. see if Baxter can save us on Ishtar. Who's going to find it first? Who's going to find it first?
3: It is... Man, there's a lot of daggers.
2: Oh, interesting. Huh. Got it. No. Sins of Karad Tan. Sins of Karad Tan. For you are not the first hero, nor even Oryx the first villain, to meet upon this plane.
1: Interesting. Well, now, does this... Does this posit that Karad Tan was part of the Harmony? maybe, we have, maybe Ulan was harm- we
2: have Ulan Tan who we know was And it, I guess it depends what Tan means um, uh, I guess that's if true. Tan's their word for bishop or something I mean the warlocks are basically Ooh. bishops so
3: interesting
1: I want to believe that this is a harmony weapon and somehow found its way aboard the dreadnought <laughs> <laughs> well and cause do we know how to acquire this one? Can you get it only from the raid or? Uh, da, 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 da. This item requires taken king. This item can drop as a quest reward. This item drops on Oryx's dreadnought. Nice. So yeah, maybe we found a
2: piece of harmony.
4: I, I like that middle part where it's like, nor no, even Oryx, the first villain. So that's. And I wonder if that's just a reference to them fighting, you know, Zivu first. Like this is like, Highlights them fighting Zivu in this plane first, and then, you know, orcs later. So I wonder if that's kind of a maybe.
1: Maybe the Harmony traversed the Ascendant Plane first, and had their own bat their own battles there, and then you know there was something that Oryx and the Hive stumbled across with their with the sword logic. Zivu uh, falls into deadlock. The, the Harmony managed to stall out the self described god of war
4: (laughs) (laughs) self descriptions. Uh
2: and and going back to how powerful they are, and there was the whole ecumene. That was before orcs really had the ability to take in things. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I mean the harmony were even even to fight them. Yeah.
1: So and here we have another two two lines that have sparked tons and tons and tons of debate. Uh, next arrives Savathun, flanked by her chorus and celebrants. They trick their way onto the Anna Harmony in disguises, so they might vivisect these dragons. The Wormar god laughs and laughs. For a hundred years, Savathun keeps secret covens among the Harmony. Uh, so Anna, the prefix Ana just means above or up, so I, I believe this to mean the High Harmony, sort of like their, their high council of the Harmony. But then, yeah, vivisecting the dragons—they they, they do not like the ahamkara at all.
4: <laughs> yeah, and so I've looked up vivisection before because I've discussed this. Well, it's brutal. doing a different yeah. uh, theory, but uh, it's yeah, it's, you're performing operations on live animals for, for the purpose yeah. of you know experimentation or scientific research, and so she yeah. just studies the you know what seems to be the ahamkara here.
2: And it goes back to that reference earlier of her of her scapel, which Oryx has now.
1: But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you grew up listening to Skinny Puppy, you're familiar with vivisection, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but we all, so this is but this is also the possibility that this is how later on when we discovered that the like wizards who know how to flay the light out of living guardians. Uh and also how guardians know how to torture hive by flaying them with light that this could be the birth of that yeah uh, and the worm god the worm our god laughs and laughs again we don't know why I like to think that it's because the worm gods know that the vivisecting an Ahamkara is basically like cutting yourself open <laughs> <laughs> because Savathun for all her cleverness does not understand the connection
4: mm-hmm. but maybe uh, she learns it
1: true and then we have this line here we go for a hundred years savathun keeps secret covens among the harmony put on Uh, everybody everybody unfold your eris is a agent of savathun theory right here yeah Yeah, there's a lot (laughs) to mention
2: does that imply that the hive can change their shape at whim you know because you'd think a harmony person would be like hey you look like a hive
4: yeah, well, well, we know that orcs, you know, he wanted wings, and so he got wings, yeah. <laughs> so who knows what they can Who what they You can have the, and I mean, the comment here, if it, Drop, about if it,
2: this setting a precedent for our own age.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, so, so say they can't. Say their, their disguises are tenuous at best, right? Say their disguises are like, oh, I can sort of assume the form, but I can't get rid of my three eyes. Oh, Eris, you crafted a lovely story about how you carved out three eyes uh, (laughs) and stuck them in your face. Really? (laughs) Maybe that's not who you are.
2: Right? Maybe Eris never did come back.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, like Eris is the skin suit for one of Savathun's witches.
2: By the way, who who ordered the great Ahamkara hunt? The speaker, I believe.
4: Or Or, there you you have it. Was it the consensus, maybe?
1: Oh, nicely. Now you're pausing the speaker keeps the mask on because underneath he has three eyes and he's really an agent, <laughs> agent of Savathun. There we go. See, well, we knew he was evil. One more and reason if, to not like if, him. If you go now the all way. I
0: can think about is uh, uh, Men in Black and your <laughs> <Yeah, that's>, suit. <laughs> that's exactly where <what> I was <laughs> La- thinking. <water>. <laughs> <laughs> I need water. <laughs> <laughs> so Aeris is in some crazy suit. Yeah.
4: Nice. Well, yeah. well, then if you go Eris the other way, there. though, and you think that, okay, they can completely... You know, kind of blend in with this uh, society that opens a lot of. And I've seen a read a few theories on re- Reddit, and it's definitely an interesting one to think about of Savathun having ties to Marasov, and there's a lot of similarities in, in them with, with their covens, and you know, having covens of witches among them, and yeah, a lot of uh, parallels between um, the Harbingers and maybe the vivisected dragons. Yeah,
3: oh, interesting.
4: So there's definitely a lot of ties. That things, yeah, things that make you think, and then at the same time make your head hurt, and then yeah. you stop thinking, and then you look at it again. And you're like, <laughs> oh, so then you start thinking even more. And
1: <laughs> the stages, are, the stages are being set. Yeah, I'll,
4: I'll just—I wouldn't be surprised if that was something that happened later on. But even if it is a little, a little far-fetched, a little spin foil. Yeah, but.
1: Um, yeah. First of all was Oryx, whose brood grew in secret places in the rubble of the accretion disk. Uh, it also says he sent cedars to infiltrate the Harmony worlds with his broods. This is something that we have encountered directly on Earth. Uh, you know, we encounter... so, And this is... We know like, the the houses, the fallen houses, are very distinct from one another. House of kings, house of devils, house of wolves, house of exile. Uh, they were different color in game they're presented with different colors it's the same with the vex less so with the vex there's different sort of factions of vex but there's also different factions of hive and the sort of reddish purple and gray hive that you encounter both on earth and on the moon are considered to be the blood of oryx they're directly descended from oryx uh and we know that Sardok In the shrine is the eye of Oryx. We encounter the celebrant of Oryx in the Seraphim vault. So this idea that Oryx grew broods sort of like in the hidden dark places of this system is very similar to what we directly encounter on Earth and the moon. Uh, The cedars here, the cedars on the moon. The fact that the blood of Oryx is here and there. So. Uh. And then here we have I think we were talking about this early uh earlier about how how is the structure of the books placed and i I use this sentence a lot, where it says, "Here at the center of the fifth book, so this is how I broke the books up into like one, two, three, four, and five. They don't explicitly say that in their titles, but this sentence here this is the middle of the fifth book, so no, no. Beta, this is actually in. The the lines are <laughs> written really weird. <laughs> yeah. Here at the center of the fifth book, the hive has grown so mighty that it has made the annihilation of all false life routine. So, yes. It makes, this you, is, it is, makes this you wonder
2: is, if that was like, yeah, like another post-it note comment, and then <laughs> someone slapped it in there. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: but but this is great. This gives us precedence. So, we know that, you know, verse 1-1 one, one is book 1, verse 1. Yep. No, verse 2-3 is book 2 that goes right back to thorn and the seventh book that we don't have Mm -hmm. i can't wait to get six and seven and maybe eight nine (laughs) ten yeah so there are more than just five books of sorrow even though the ones that we presented with so far only go up to five if thorn is to be believed And then it all starts to come back around. Uh, Jivorath kills the bishops. Savathun achieves, so, again, some secret some purpose. Some secret purpose. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the details. Uh, Oryx's court tears down the gift mask, which effectively nullifies the Harmony sting. The Harmony people wail in terror. They throw themselves into the silver lakes of Anna harmony to drown. They don't. Yeah, as I said, you're probably to avoid being taken. <laughs> Come, saith Oryx, eat of the gift mass, for I am a generous god. Of its pieces, I claim only two out of every five. What a nice guy he is! Except that they don't give. <laughs> the, the, the tenants of the deep say, "Take." Uh, the mass is full of the light of the traveler. It is full of the marrow taste of sky. All who eat it are filled with ecstatic certainty that they serve a greater purpose, a greater and necessary purpose. Uh, I. I mean this is like concentrated light this is like taking acid I guess <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting and I put this up. Interesting that this sense of purpose comes from a connection to the light not the deep like they're suddenly filled with this great sense of great and necessary purpose but it comes from the light not from this other thing they follow yeah and it, it's kind of interesting just um,
4: just the way you look at it is you know, we wield the light, but we like we use the light. We wield the light; they use the light too, but they devour it. They use it in a different way. They yeah. they use the light to fill themselves up from the inside. If that I can, yeah. I can, So it's kind of interesting that even the hive, the power of you know, great vanguard of the deep, the darkness, use that light in a in a way still. Like, they feed off of it and get power from it, in a way.
1: But at the—and the the flip side of that is that the light must also obey the sword logic. Like, we established that way back in the beginning, and we as guardians must obey the sword logic. So uh, we're—so then we have this this line here where it's like, Then say the siblings, listen, we must part ways for a while so we grow different. She flies her war moons into the black hole. I don't know why I put that note there. <laughs> black hole confirmed. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what that means. <laughs> uh, and her throne becomes distant. And then, basically, Jivu says the same thing. Uh, your power constrains my choices. Probably because Oryx's will is so strong that I must go away from you. So she flies her war moons away into the night and her throne is barred shut. And then Oryx was alone. Interesting, because we've encountered very recently another character in the story who makes constant mention of the fact that he is alone. That is Rasputin.
4: Yeah. And I do th- I think that's interesting here where you learn just a couple paragraphs before where Savathun achieves some secret purpose. And then as soon as this victory is had over the harmony, she says, you know, we need to part ways so that we can grow different. And so it's okay. Yeah. What did she, what did she do? <laughs>
1: Yeah, she she accomplished her goal, and now she wants nobody to know about it. Mm-hmm, exactly,
4: and then that kind of, you know, that's an argument for that the theory where there's connections between her and Marasov. Where, if when you play the T, uh, taking king missions, you know, the catalyst of kind of leading the charge to take down Oryx is Marasov, and who in the history of the story <laughs> of the Hive wants to kill Oryx more than Savathun. <laughs> So it's it's kind of
1: interesting. And then, so these last cards, this is sort of the end of the books, as we know at the end of the fifth book, uh, it says he spent a while in thought and those thoughts are recorded here. So these last verses, uh, five, five through five, nine, these last four are really the, the musings of Oryx directly, uh, so we get uh, we get some insight here, but a lot of it is just sort of repeating these themes and condensing these themes down into stuff we've already talked about.
2: And I have to say, uh, I have a hard stop here, so I'm going to wish you guys luck as you continue. <laughs>
4: All right. And yeah, we're going to we're going to trek through. We're going to finish this thought. So we don't have a part five for the next four <laughs> verses. Yeah. Yeah. For four <laughs> verses.
1: All right. All have right, fun see guys. you, beta. See ya. All right, have a good night, beta. Uh, so I like that this starts off with "this is our message to things that we will kill," <laughs> as if they're going to read this prior to that happening.
4: It's like, did you get that memo? We sent out a memo. Did you? Did you get yeah. that memo? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but these these paragraphs are really just a summary of like a you know. A species which believes that a good existence can be invented through games of civilization, through laws of conduct, is doomed by that belief. They will die in terror. This is, you know, and this is what he just mentioned earlier, where, like, Jivu believes the message of the Traveler is a lie. You know, the game of civilization, laws of conduct, growth. This is even presented in the story of the Three Queens, Mm -hmm. where civilization conduct law order these things are false they're not the nature of of true existence uh and that no matter how no matter how tall the towers are that they build the universe will erase them like no monument can stand against like the cold reality of truth uh but the one that sets out to understand the one true law and to perform worship of that true law will, by that decision, gain control over their future. This is the very tenets of the sort logic. Uh, they will gain a hope of ascendance, and by their ruthlessness, they will assist the universe in arriving at its perfect shape. Uh, so this is, again, a recounting of basically survival of the fittest. Like survival of the strongest, like strength is the only truth. Uh, We stand against the fatal lie that would build up a world built on laws of conduct may ever resist the action of the truly free. This is the slavery of the traveler. This is the great lie of the traveler. This is the slavery of the traveler, the crime of creation in which labor is wasted on the construction of false shapes. Uh, anything other than strength and victory is a false shape which, which is st- interesting because the idea is that oh so guardians and ghosts are false shapes yet we as guardians continuously use the sword logic to prove <laughs> our strength mm-hmm. and superiority uh, if you choose to fight us fight us with everything you have with all your laws and games we will prove our argument thus again this is self self proving the sword logic is self proving right In verse 5, 6, ayat, 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 that's 5, <laughs> uh, and where we get this word over and over again. I think we described it in episode 2 of the Books of Sorrow, about what exactly it means. Uh, this self-defining thing. Uh, Crota is still around at this point. So, my son Crota feeds me rich tribute, my lineage are strong, my wor- worm is vast and satiated. <laughs> uh, and with that security, I can spend my time on study and communion with the deep. It says, as I learn more secrets, my power grows. As my power grows, I use to learn more secrets. (laughs) And then I as I raid to get better gear, so I can get better gear, so I can raid, so I can raid to get better gear. (laughs) They grind it too. Yeah. Oryx has been grinding for a millennia, so (laughs) maybe ours isn't so bad. Uh, wondering on the secrets of his sister's It's interesting, I wonder if my sisters have secrets of their own. Of course they do. Savathun is the queen of secrets. Mm -hmm. Uh, My power exceeds theirs. I may kill them and permanently subsume their thrones, which is a strange line because his power is already far greater than theirs as far as we've known. Right.
4: Uh, Like, we don't know of anything that they have that makes them really compare to him at all.
1: Yeah, he's the only one of the three who directly communes with the the Deep in the Darkness, so that gives him sort of an edge over them anyway. I think they have the strength to hide from me, developed in the time of separation. Again, that's like fuel for theory. You know, maybe way out there, past the Darkness, Savathun or Jivu Arath discovered some other thing that is equivalent in power. Maybe there's more than just the Light and the Dark, maybe there's something else.
3: Yeah, uh, good point.
1: this line sabathun asks if i am as much of a slave of the deep as my taken and then i put when they're out of contact <laughs> she she left she's not talking to him anymore when did she ask this uh but this is a great line this is something that i've used in the past and we've talked about it in the past uh, but it's really important uh i am not taken the hive is not the deep uh and it's so important to remember that, that even though the Hive use the power of the Worms and the Worm Gods, they're led by the Taken King, the King of Shapes, the First Navigator, the Hive are not the Darkness. Like, when somebody says the Darkness, capital D, that's not the Hive. That's not Oryx. That's not Savathun. That's not Jivu wrath Like, they are... They're agents who utilize... That that side of the coin, the same way we are agents who utilize the other side of the coin, but we are not that thing, the same way they are not that thing. Uh, when I make my taken, I make them closer to perfect. I heal their wounds and enhance their strength. This is inherently good. The only right is existence. The only wrong is not existence. And when we do the wrap up we'll talk about some of the taken cards and this sort of like supplantion of will the process that orcs used to take something uh that is directly here and he he sees it as a good thing he's eliminating the weaknesses of a being and making it stronger so that it can prove its own existence
4: and i think that going back that i think that is what why he sees the vex as a, a good adversary because they because they have that same desire to exist, like they want to exist more. Uh, like they want to be that final existence in a way. Yeah. And I think Orks looks at that, you know, ideology. There's just that belief system, and that is what makes them, you know, good, good rivals. Good, uh, yeah.
1: Uh, I am orcs first navigator, taken king. Let me be what I am to be. Because to be anything else would be fatal. He doesn't have much of a choice at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, is worms eating him from the inside out? What What can he really yeah,
4: do? I, the part where, one part where he says he didn't understand the Vex or Goria, and it, the next line is the worm kind of turns him from the inside because he is bound to understand. <laughs> it's like yeah. if he even doesn't understand one thing, he can feel the worm eating him from the inside. Yeah.
1: Verse five seven forever in a blade. So here we go. I consider returning to fundament, learning what became of the God Wave and the tungsten monoliths and the continents, which were all that reminded me of my people's primal home. So here we are at the very end of the books of sorrow, and suddenly Oryx is feeling nostalgic for what he once was, for his old home. Getting homesick. And then he says, "But I know what became of that. It became me." I am the heir to the fundament, the immortal descendant of those 10-year krill. I highlighted this because this is Oryx using the word krill to reply, to refer to himself. Whereas before it was other people saying they were a krill-like species. But here, Oryx is using it directly. Again, rough translation, who knows? Uh, I ask a question: how can we live in the universe long enough to understand it? Uh and I learned the answer, which is written here in this book. Uh, I learned that I had to become the most ruthless of all. <clears throat> I don't know where the darkness, which is the deep came from, nor the traveler that I hunt. But I will learn. I will learn. And this is interesting because earlier he says only those who understand the deep and the sky are beyond the ability to be taken. Like they're the true understandings. But here he says he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't know Why? he he's going to find out, uh, but he doesn't he even he doesn't know he was created by this thing, but he doesn't understand this thing, although he posits that you must understand the thing uh so we're privy a little bit more to the internal thoughts of Oryx here uh, where even he maybe he understands a little bit of the contradiction that exists. <clears throat> This is my inheritance, my estate, eternity, infinity, the whole universe beneath my sword. This is what I rule forever and a blade, where we get the title of that entry. Uh, that takes us to verse five eight, the second to last verse in the Books of Sorrow. Worm food, uh, which I talked about during our Bungie Lore episode, Your Worm Food Dude, a reference to, uh, to Marathon yeah
4: and i think this is the one that has the line and at he the asked this
1: very raw question right the start what will happen if i die i <laughs> take my mic off <clears throat> yeah. uh
4: and i think this is the one ahead. that has the uh the line at the end where he references you know his body as like a cell that i kind of linked to the, uh, the zivu quote earlier on too
1: yeah uh I guess it suits me to consider this, for I am a great ally of death. My daughter started the quiddity of death. My son practices the uh, inhabitation of death. And my great work is, in Ultima, to become synonymous with death. To die, and in that, dying, live. So that if the universe comes to nothing, then I will be part of that nothing. This is like very much like the, the Vex. They want to be the, there for all outcomes far better to have a savage universe with a happy end than a happy universe with no hope makes a convincing argument (laughs) (laughs) uh and i made a note here that to become synonymous with death to die and in that dying live is very much what using touch of malice is like (laughs) uh touch of malice will kill you But it will kill you so you can kill the thing that's also trying to kill you faster than it can kill you so that you can live. (laughs) Uh, And we'll talk about Touch of Malice a lot in the wrap-up because that's going to... We'll even talk about it in the very next entry. Uh, I've had many deaths, but these deaths were only temporary. And here we have some pretty deep insight into why we're able to do what we do in the course of the story. Uh, if my echoes are killed and I am killed in the material world, then I'll be driven back to my throne, the dreadnought. And if my court and my throne can be beaten, if I am confronted in my throne and I am defeated there, then I will die. My work will end. Uh, and I made a note here that says, do we do this? We have no way of knowing if he faced Orc in his actual throne world. He vanishes at the end of Regicide, smiling, purposefully, leaves behind Willbreaker in king's fall he's technically outside the dreadnought so we don't we don't even know if those actually oryx or not who knows
4: uh that was probably a the uh simulation from sabathune
1: yeah it was sabathune pretending to be oryx <laughs> uh and then we don't know if every echo and shade has also been destroyed like, we we destroyed a number of them uh But we don't know if that was all of them. So maybe we didn't destroy all of oryxes in the material realm. So his defeat aboard the dreadnought means nothing. Like, who knows? Uh. This is great. This is is the pact to which I am bound, in particular by my study of the tablets of ruin and by my use of the power of the deep. When I call upon that power, I put myself up as the stakes in a wager. I gamble with my soul, for I am saying, Listen, my gods, I am the mightiest thing there is, and I prove it thus. Uh so this is huge. So this goes beyond just the worm. Like this is directly communing with the deep, and every time he whatever slams will into the dreadnought, pushes his throne world out into, you know, physical reality. You know, whenever he uses the tablets of ruin, like he's, he's gambling with himself. Uh, you know, he's saying, I will take this great power uh, at the risk of my death, but it's not really a risk because I can prove that I am the strongest by using this power. Uh, it's like that's the very core of his power. And it, it almost bypasses his worm and the worm gods. They're an afterthought in this. Uh he's not even in this you realize he's not particularly bound to them. He finds himself like he says, I am bound to this pact through my study of the tablets by using the power of the deep. He doesn't at this point maybe not even feel bound to his worm. Uh it is this, this is the risky stuff. This is drawing directly from the well, uh, and having to prove that he was strong enough to do it. He has to conquer, like, if he's gonna use that power. I have realized how much I depend on Crota and my daughters and even upon my court. If I lost them, my outlays would exceed my intakes. My tribute would not be enough to feed my worm. And he does lose them. We destroy them. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, taking out Crota, much more significant than we probably even realized at the time. Uh, If I lost them, it would be because they were not mighty enough and then I would be a bad father, a bad king. I must test them and fight with them to keep them strong. I highlighted this word. This is my guess. So this word is an old Irish colloquialism. (laughs) I don't know why (laughs) a a millennia-old alien hive ontopathogenic pericausal world slaughtering (laughs) god would use an old irish colloquialism (laughs) who's translating these books uh it means an obligation or a uh magically imposed prohibition so it makes sense as a word i just i actually had a conversation about this with uh someone who studies literature like is this good writing like can does the use of the word fit within the context of the of the material it's being used in is that okay can you do that uh and her her answer was yes like if it makes sense you use whatever you need to uh, to me it just seems strange yeah yeah <laughs> uh, He's sitting at his writing table with a pint of Guinness writing this all down. Uh, and here we come to something we've talked about many times before. I will go on forever. I will understand everything. There is only one path and that is the path that you make. But you can make more than one path and I'm going to make X-Ray read this.
0: <laughs> Do it, X-Ray. That's like, the fun stuff to read, right? <laughs> <laughs> This is is a good one.
3: This is a good
0: one. The break your bars? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Break your cells bars. Make a new shape. Make the shape from its path. Find your cells bars. Break out of the bars. Find the shape. Make the shape from its path. Eat the light. Eat the path. If I fail, let me be worm food. It's awesome. So good. It's very
1: good. Uh, and we've talked about that many times. Previous episodes, one of the reasons why I wanted to do the Bungie Lore episode before we finished the Books of Sorrow was because we were going to come across references like this.
0: Man, yeah, because that one from... from uh, Was it Marathon?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's from Marathon. So,
0: it's so, so close or almost identical. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: So, and then... I talked about in the Bungie episode, the stage that one of the levels that precede or comes after that quote appears in marathon infinity is a stage called your worm food, dude. So the it's a, it was a great poll. I think, you know, if, if the people digging into sort of like the Bungie's history and past, whether this is meant to be like a strong connection to marathon or just something that made sense in this world, it's a great, great poll. So cheers to the, the writers of the books of sorrow.
0: Yeah. Not too uh, right around that, that uh, episode, there were some tweets and stuff going on about marathon and how you can still play it and download it. And I think it was Craig Hargrove, Hargrove posted a link to where you could find the game. And so I went ahead and downloaded it and installed it on my, on my laptop kind of for a rainy day for a day that I don't have (laughs) internet access or something, you know, (laughs) it's like my, my backup game but I remember playing those and man, getting into it again a little bit. I, I started the first one and it's uh, it just brings back memories. Just like the first time you put, you know, you put the old doom back in or, or any of those games and it's just like, man, it's, it's fun. And it's amazing how much they put into that then. And, and the fact that it can kind of stand the test of time and come back as something relevant now is, is pretty awesome.
1: I love it. I can pick a lip off entries like that. And it's, again, it's interesting to me. And I know I feel bad. Like I was listening to our past episodes and I felt like I was being maybe overly harsh on some of the entries. Like even this episode we're going to start off with me complaining about how i didn't like the way a particular entry was written <laughs> but then when you get down to the bottom here and you have these like great insights about like the nature of existence and the gamble you make with your own soul and these great references back to previous bungee games it's like these cards are just like so like they're deep and they have a like, they're great reads and i don't mean to be overly harsh on the other entries in the books but sometimes the the quality variance especially for me because i've been reading these over and over and over and over again to prepare these notes that the less strong writing sticks out so much more because i've had to dive so deep into so much of the good writing
4: yeah I mean so like the rest of like destiny as a whole you know one of the things a lot of people say is you know, we complain or we critique because we care like and i think yeah. the same applies here like you only say it because of how much you know how much we've delved dive into this or dove into this and it's such a wonderful read and then there's just some things that just they don't necessarily line up to how the the whole scheme of the entire thing yeah. is written
1: and it's it for me it's been really interesting uh i'll talk about it maybe in the in the fifth episode but I make totally different associations with music from the like I listen to the Taken King soundtrack a lot, especially when I'm writing. Uh, but like now, like being so deep into these cards and and reading these things about Oryx and his philosophies and and why he does what he does and the doubt that he has inside, like all these aspects, it it adds like a new air uh, when you hear like his theme in the soundtrack. And there's, you can pull sort of like this, the sadness out of, out of the music that is there and you may not always notice it. Uh, I was reading a great Reddit thread once talking about how they have a difficult time beating Oryx on hard mode. And somebody's recommendation was turn the music off because it becomes much less intense. when You don't have the music and you're just sort of concentrating on what you need to be, what you need to do because the music creates such a tense air around everything. Uh. I thought, man, I could never play this game without the music. <laughs> I, I love yeah, I love when Oryx awesome. first rises up and his theme starts. Like it's just I love that whole moment. Yeah.
4: Anytime I play with like the TV on mute or and I don't have my headphones in, like I just feel like it's not the same game at all.
1: Yeah. Uh so here we have the last the last verse, five nine, book five, verse nine, I'll make sure opens up with a very simple statement. I have made preparations. So here we have another great caveat that everything that we think that we've done may have been by Orcs's design. We don't know. <clears throat> uh, if I am defeated, I know it will be because my understanding of this universe was incomplete. I failed to anticipate some strategy, some nemesis, perhaps Teox, if she still lives. And I made a note here that we're at the very end of the books. You know, the second entry in the Books of Sorrow, verse 1-2, uh, is Teox describing why she is going to do what she does and betraying the Osmium Throne. And here at the very end, Taox still exists in Oryx's mind. He never found her. Uh,
4: she's still out there. And it's interesting, too, that he would even consider her threat enough to defeat him for all the power he's gained and learned over these the millennia that she would even com- rival in comparison is
1: yeah is yeah he's destroyed the ecumen the harmony like fought the vex <laughs> yeah. like he could slaughtered thousands of worlds uh but taox is still like a pin in his mind then.
4: yeah And as far as we know she's still the you know the krill hive that they were first were when they left like
3: yeah you
4: know so it's it's interesting that he equates her to possibly defeating him somehow
1: so and then i have this this paragraph may show sort of like the narrow vision that unfortunately that oryx has just if I am defeated, I know that I will fall to something mighty, something that craves might, something that loves what I love, which is the deep, a principle, and a power, the versatile protein need to adapt and endure to reach out and shape the universe entirely for that purpose, to mutate and redesign and test and iterate so that it can prevail, can seize existence and hold it certain that this is everything, that there is nothing to life except living. And it has two faces, yet is one shape. Uh, and I put in my notes here, guardians defy this entire paragraph. Uh, Guardians are the opposite. We don't crave might. We don't love the deep. Uh, We have no protean to adapt. We're dead. Like, there's that core drive doesn't exist in us. Uh, We don't mutate or redesign because we're the static dead. Uh, And we don't seize existence. It was thrust upon us. We were brought back. We didn't go seeking that out. Uh, And then my theory, not my theory, but sort of, then you read it and you say, man, if Oryx believes himself to only be defeated by this thing that he describes, and we are not this thing, was he defeated? It's a question for another time, I think. <laughs> uh, although, has two faces, uh, yet is one shape, could be describing Guardian and Ghost. So, who knows? Uh, one face is the objective, which is obvious. The other face, which is that is which is willing to sacrifice things and ideas for a single mission. And I, that sort of describes Guardian and Ghost, but we don't really know. Uh, allow this hunger to become your weapon. Eh, we don't. That doesn't really describe Guardians. <clears throat> uh... And here we have this sort of like terrible realization about his preparations. <laughs> so I will prepare a book, which is a map to a weapon. And my vanquisher will read that book seeking the weapon. And they will come to understand me where I have been and where I was going. And they will take upon my weapon and they will use it. And they will use that weapon, which is all that I am. So this goes back to sabbathun calling the books maybe like a pack of lies. If Oryx intends the book to be read by his vanquisher, he will write it very deliberately to further that goal, meaning that everything in the books may not be true. This is all part of his plan, that we'd find this, read it, and move forward with it. Uh, The books are a map to the Touch of Malice, Uh, you know, a weapon that wields the Black Heart of Oryx. We enter into a patch to prove our strength, over another or die trying and it is a weapon that whispers secrets to us very much like i was doing this in the last raid i was in because i'm usually the runner i shoot my touch of malice down to one shot before i grab the brand and make my run and take some time go out somewhere quiet somewhere in the cosmodrome or on the moon somewhere where there's not a lot of music Take your touch of malice, shoot it down to one or two shots. It will start whispering things to you <laughs> in a hive language. Like it's really eerie and creepy, <laughs> uh, but it's there. So awesome. if anybody, yeah, if anybody speaks hive, uh, let me know what it says. <laughs> uh, i and thus armed with my past and my future and my present, which is a weapon, a weapon that takes whatever is available, a weapon bound to malice. They will mantle me, Oryx the Taken King. Uh, and in my notes, I have this could very well be why the touch of malice is so good against Oryx, but at the same time opens a lot of questions about Eris. <laughs> uh, because she the description of the weapon is like it's Eris wanting you to take her malice and use it as a weapon against Oryx. Uh so if the weapon requires this this intense hatred that is fueled by eris (laughs) like uh, and is very much bound by malice like what what power does eris and why is eris the conduit for that uh they will become me and i will become them each of us defeating the other correcting the other alloying ourselves into one omnipotent philosophy thus i will live forever i'll make sure and this could very easily be read as, you know, through us, Oryx's final, his final, his trump card, you know, is that I will be the weapon of my own defeat and that which wields my weapon will make sure that I never
3: die.
4: Yeah, it's like us using his weapon essentially keeps him alive. Yeah. So. And in a way defeats us.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. So what I've always kind of the first time I read this, it sounds very, very much like the end. You know what I mean? Like like there's nothing else after this, right? Mm-hmm. But we have reference to other books of sorrow in some of the early grimoire. Um, I think mm-hmm. I think mainly in the, uh, the the I think it's the Thorn description, um, yeah. but. uh but it but again it it's kind of ended so kind of of perfectly right there you kind of i i actually kind of wish we didn't have any more books <laughs> and if there were they come on as as something different um but it it's i don't know maybe it's just me being kind of kind of strange but it uh it it, it was a good, that la- those last few lines are just just like if you if someone was doing that in the right tone and and reading it to you, it would definitely I could see it giving me chills, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, so the last the last half of the last book here is very much Oryx's thoughts scribbled in the margins. You know, maybe there's a Sabbathoon version of this where she scribbles her thoughts in the margins. That'd be uh, awesome. Or Jivu Arath version where he, she scribbled her thoughts in the margins on like the very nature of war and her existence and uh you know, we have Toland who attempted to create a weapon of sorrow with bad juju. Maybe he attempted to write a chapter or a book of sorrow, which could be the that that book seven that we know exists. So, I mean, I would love you know, Savathun says these books are full of lies. Hey, I hey, give me. Your, I'd love to read your version. <laughs> tell, tell me how the story really
4: goes. Yeah, Savathun. wrap me
1: up a copy and ship it over, <laughs> Savathun. I'll be happy to read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if
4: if we ever get a uh like a hard copy of like Tolan's journal or the rest of the like, books 6 through whatever mm-hmm. i'm i'm taking the weekend off of work because there's no way i can <laughs> I'd be able to focus
1: <laughs> yeah it's even for me i mean at least we have sort of the we have these five books here uh, in one coherent package, but Toland's journal is all over the place. Uh, yeah, I'd I, love to I get wish like a condensed, or not like condensed, was a more, but
4: like a all put together version of it.
1: Yeah, although man, I would love a I love a version of like the Hunter's Handbook, the mm-hmm. and Errata. Like, yeah. there's so many good references to to books that are full of things, oh, yeah. and we know that, and and that's it's we know like I wish it could just like. Cry ghost open and take his copy of the <laughs> tollen's <Tolan's> journal. <laughs> journal out of him he's got the whole thing in there uh why can't i go to eris and say eris i need a copy of tollen's <laughs> journal i know you have it right i tell say
4: what go fight crota can i get a copy of uh, that journal
0: <laughs> if they ever want to add anything to the tower a library where you can go there and just read stuff <laughs> yeah would be awesome just walk in and get yelled at for dancing Making noise or being, being distracting yeah
1: <laughs> well it's like so you know bungie if you want to find a way to kill time and you don't want to create any new environments just please like spread a thousand pages of tolan's journal all over the worlds of destiny i will go and find <laughs> them like <laughs> I will put on my well, bones of AO. I will get my sparrow. I will travel to the farthest corners of what you have already established to put together this book. Just give it to well, me. I was,
0: I was thinking. Yeah, there's a great story behind Fine. it. Your ghost's like, yeah, you know, I said I was going to make a copy of this, but I, I kind of forgot. So <laughs> now we got to go find it. Yeah, like I was
4: just, actually this just thinking that today, how when, you know, I think it was when SRL was put out, they kind of stealth dropped was like three different um dead ghosts located Mm -hmm. and just that i mean yeah it wasn't content it wasn't another story but i mean a big part of the community was you know all over it running around trying to find the ghosts and then diving into the the text of those the new grimoire that were put in the game like i mean if just little things like that is would be amazing just to Keep adding in.
1: That was one of the the first things I did. Like you know, I I know from the data mining and like from Ishtar that there's new ghosts. I I put on my bones and (laughs) go right around, jumping outside the map on the hell mouth. And (laughs) how
4: some of those things are found? Like I have like like there's some of them. I was like, oh yeah, I could have found that. But then like one of the new, I think it was the Rezal one, which was in Fogos Lair, with like up up behind that rock. On the you had to (laughs) you had to use bones. Like if you were a hunter, like three different times or something I was just like how do you find that
1: <laughs> like yeah, well the the one that's way out in the rock face like there's two there there's one up on the rafters is easy to right. get during the strike the other one i went back and there's a way to get outside the map once you've entered into the circle of bones uh so i went sort of map breaking broke out of the map wormed my way no pun intended all the way around and got into Fogoth's lair without being in the strike just so i could go in there and explore and try and find that thing so i think there's some videos of it in my uh my xbox live video feed bungie please don't ban me <laughs> But I did, I did the same thing when when the expansion dropped the first time, like I broke into the echo chamber to get that ghost because that's not accessible to us Xbox players, unfortunately.
0: Thankfully, no one's listened to this podcast, so they're not going to find out.
1: No, <laughs> oh, that's right. Nobody at Bungie listens to this. All right, nope. cool. Nope. I'm safe. Definitely not. you log in tomorrow and have all level one characters. <laughs> Access denied. <laughs> yeah. Or, or or they'll just take away my bones of AO. <laughs> no more jumpy for drop. Yeah. Damn it, <laughs> Although I, I've I've gotten places where I wasn't supposed to by force blinking into them uh, at the end of the Promethean Code uh, mission, right before you enter the final room, there's these rafters off to the right. Uh, and I couldn't jump into them, and then I figured I got my warlock, and I managed to blink way <laughs> up into the rafters where I was. And you can't get out because you can't blink like down through things; you can only blink up through things for some reason. Hmm. Uh, I got myself wedged up there. It was pretty funny. There was nothing up there, <clears throat> but yet, hey man, I will, I will revisit every map, and it'd be even funny like stuff some of them in crucible maps. Mm-hmm. So. At oh, least for, like, a few seconds, you have to avoid being shot while you're trying to find this <laughs> hidden page to Tolan's <laughs> journal, like, under our rock in <laughs> Rusted Lands. Beta would be sending everyone messages like, hey, guys, stop it. I'm looking for a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we did it. We got through all the Books of Sorrow. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, not bad. Five books and four episodes. Pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> we,
4: we, we can probably do the redo the first episode and to crank that into separate it into two. We probably sped through that one a little too fast.
0: I'm pretty sure if we <laughs> do any more books of sorrow, that we didn't. We don't have to. That. We might get some pretty bad mail. We need to we need to move on. We need to get into some other other topics. I know yeah, we've we been a
1: lot of other lore to cover. Oh
0: my gosh, we've gotten a lot of questions about uh, doing some some reef wars and fallen and the and the marade and uh, and oh my gosh, the if we don't if we don't do a, a your ward saga <laughs> soon, <laughs> well, I was, think it, I was thinking we'll be about that trouble. today.
4: Like we've had so many episodes, so many shows, and really. Like for the most part, the only vex topics we've covered is the ones that specifically like, directly correspond to like the hive. Like we haven't done a whole lot of.
0: Well, we did. We did a pretty did, good talk about the vault of glass. Did we? Yeah, I mean a little bit. I think we kind of did like a over draft. Yeah, like, I mean on, like, it, with
3: our
4: yeah with episode, our with our run through vanilla, yeah. but uh, like, yeah. but yeah. there's so much lore in there. Like, like we definitely need a vault of glass episode and there's just so there's so much vex information out there and i'm just like wow we haven't we haven't done like any fallen we haven't done any vex like this is, this is exciting
0: yeah we've got a little yeah, downtime until uh some more content so hey it's perfect
1: <laughs> yeah i'm excited i'm excited to finally like we'll wrap up we'll do our overview this last books overview in part five uh, it'd be, even be funny to like edit every episode together into one like eight hour nine hour episode mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can listen to it in your sleep and just sort of absorb it all subconsciously <laughs> uh, but yeah we're gonna wrap up War Minds too like Rasputin and the War Minds that'll probably take another maybe one or two episodes uh, and then we're like in a way it's like we're free like we're free to attack all this other stuff that's we have on our, our plate here there's so much to it we have another I think we have another fan question episode coming up too so
0: yeah that'll be fun and I think uh, I think we might try to I know we talked a little bit about in April, right? That'll be coming up on about our, our six months of, of doing this. We, uh, we were talking about maybe getting a little crazy and doing, you know, doubling up on episodes a couple of weeks. And so maybe putting out a few more than we normally do in a month. Uh, so, so don't think if we're going to do a, a, a fan question episode that you're going to lose out on other content. We're going to definitely try to try to give you guys a little bit of an overload here. Cause a lot, again, the main question or comment we keep getting is, Hey, just found you guys binge listen to everything. Now I've got to wait. (laughs) It's like, man, sorry. So if you, if you haven't listened to us, just stop listening now and just wait until like next year. And then you'll have enough to keep you busy for a little while. It's it's like when you (laughs) just listen to like 50 episodes. Yeah,
4: when you start a new T V show on Netflix or Hulu and you binge watch oh, the first yeah. two episodes two seasons and then you
0: get to the current one, you're like, Really? I gotta wait wait a week for each episode. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I do that a lot and it's so annoying. So mm-hmm. I can definitely sympathize with people that are listening to us and wanting more. Um, I don't understand why they they want more, but hey, we'll give it to you.
1: They just want to hear your voice.
0: <laughs> no, I didn't. Even, I don't even talk <laughs> the books of Saur episodes. I just sit back and listen. I've I've read the books <laughs> and and the notes and everything. But man, just drop you do good. So I promise, as we as we go forward, I'll definitely start uh, getting into a little more of the stuff that I know about. But the books was one that that I'm learning a lot just just being here. So uh, so I'm enjoying. It drop it. drop slash the burly
4: bearded man and X ray the the clean shaven. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it, wasn't
0: there
1: somebody on Twitter too? Oh, that, that
0: was so great. It was funny. I, like, now I gotta, I'll pull that up. We had a we had a pretty awesome comment on Twitter uh, today. Um, we're gonna call this guy out real quick. He was there. He is. Uh, Untines uh, at Untines at U N T E I N S. He said, "So strange, my baseless mental image of ghost stories hosts." x-ray and drop slash are basically reversed from reality. <laughs> so, so apparently my picture and drops voice go well together and vice versa. But, uh, yeah. And, and I'm just going to throw everyone for a loop and I shave my beard off and,
1: uh, <laughs> I'll grow one. Yeah. Commissioner. Like, or if we do a live, if we do a live episode on video, <laughs> if we stream something, off, uh, we'll just make sure we dub my voice over when you're talking. Xray, <laughs> yeah, and I'll take your voice. Awesome. Dude, if
0: I shave my beard off, I I guarantee I'd I'd uh, I'd have a baby face like like Bife, <laughs> be like, hey, Bife's on Ghost Stories. All no,
1: no, it's not him. <laughs> I definitely look yeah. a lot different. So. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at our 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 folder right now of all the things we have planned so <laughs> I'm excited to get started on this stuff yeah. don't leak it don't leak the, the plans <gasps> oh,
0: next <laughs>
3: well i think we
1: we've already talked about the fact that i mean we talked about that with john too about uh mr ryan about how cool sort of like all the story of the reforce were tied in together and things like that oh yeah right. it's going to be fun yeah, but- I think we'll surprise I think some people are gonna be surprised too. I think, you know, a lot of people see the Books of Sorrow as like the pinnacle of amazing origin stories and telling this vast, complex story over a series of huge entries. Uh and you were saying this even to X-ray where the books of sorrow are presented in a very chronological, straightforward order. They're all numbered right down the line. Uh the reef Wars are surprisingly complex and there's a mm-hmm. huge story in there uh they just weren't laid out you know one two three four, five six, so we're gonna put that all together and uh and talk about it a bit
4: yeah, there might be a little Easter egg out there somewhere with some info on our
1: a future endeavor so
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: so yeah, quite i'm quite looking at the the what is it the hebridine is that what it's called hebridine thought crime iberian thought crime h e b r i d e a n yeah Heberdeen, it's a it's a ship um, that I, I think it's a I think it's an Iron Banner ship that I got. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the
1: Iron Banner ship. Yeah, yeah.
0: And when I'm sitting here in orbit, I don't know if it's because I'm over Earth or what, but the glass looks like a catfish. Looks like a, <laughs> it looks it does. I swear I swear it does. I'm gonna take a screenshot and post it on Twitter here in a little bit. But I swear the face looks like a catfish. It just needs some whiskers, and then we're sticking with the whole watery cephalopod theme. I think which is weird. So, or I'm just really tired.
4: Hey, yeah, you know, those old world war two base painted ships that li- like to do a catfish oh, yeah, the on the front. <laughs> well, the, the, the text is, what were you thinking? So it could have been someone like, what were you thinking? Why do you draw a catfish on your plane? <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> did you look it up? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I mean the, the, the hebrides are it's an archipelago in in scotland so there you go there you
0: go <laughs> all right so uh, now we've got what man this episode see, we've see, got we, irish yeah, a little
4: iron iron banner lore for beta
0: <laughs> so there we go <laughs> oh he loves that
1: loves it loves it um so maybe somebody, maybe somebody went there and was uh, inspired by it
0: well i think that does it. We are done and uh, we are coming in just around uh, two and a half hours. So yeah. not, not too bad, but at least we got it wrapped up. We've got some fun coming up with uh, some, some new topics here pretty soon. We actually have some, we've got a few guests lined up. Uh, so that should be fun again. And and they will be just as exciting as, as previous guests. So we're really happy about that and can't wait. Uh, and I hope you guys like our, our kind of format we've kind of migrated to since we had Baxter on of more interviewing the person and what they do and what they like, as opposed to kind of, of trying to pull them into the show as much. I mean, we'll do that with some guests, but, but it makes more sense because, you know, as we go through, it's hard to, it, it just seems, it just seems a little off to try to inject them into kind of our style now if it's something that they're not used to or if they're not as well versed in the lore as, as, a, as a drop slash or a beta chief yeah. and, well even um, beta
4: said you know it's he's like it's hard enough for me to try to get a comment in sometimes because there's just so much information out there <laughs> so it's like, yeah and if it's someone who's not comfortable to necessarily just jump
0: in then it, it could make it a little difficult to, to do that style but again depending on the guests and, and who yeah, we have on right. and, and what's planned you know we'll we'll definitely mix it up a little bit but uh uh you know we had some a couple earlier guests on uh in the in our youth that <laughs> that we didn't make near as good a, of use of as we could have so uh we we're we're learning still but this has been so great and we've got some fun planned and and hope you guys are still enjoying it let us know what you think you can come and visit us in our fan uh, listener chat on Slack. Uh, leave us comments or questions at destinyghoststories at gmail dot com. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, leave us a. Uh, review there. I go through and read those pretty often. There's some fun ones to listen to or to, to read. Uh, so I, I suggest if you go there to leave one, read a few of them too, because uh, there's been talks of money being thrown at the screen and <laughs> x-ray being overly thankful uh, to the degree of annoying, I guess. Uh, but that's kind of my thing. So um, check them out. It's great. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.
1: Have a good night, everyone.
0: Yeah, have a good one. It's fun talking books, books of sorrow with you.
1: One left, one short one left. I promise. I'll keep it that way. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs>